The master of all HMs. <laughs> it's his legacy. That was always the issue with those Pokemon games. Yeah. It's one good thing about the recent ones that they have fixed. Although they've ruined a couple Let, other things, arguably. Less HMs. Well, they totally got away with them, or did away with them, I mean. Like, now you just open up a extra thing on your screen and you summon a Pokemon to do the HM for you. That's how Diamond and Pearl was. And I'm pretty sure they said HMs are not coming in the Arceus game that's going to be here in less than a month. Wow. So hopefully Gen 9 also just does away with HMs and lets you do that. I mean, they did it in, what, Sun and Moon? Didn't they have, like, ride Pokemon that did that stuff for you? And then they brought them back. Wait, did they bring them back in Sword and Shield? I don't remember. Were HMs in that? Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't come up with, like, a non-combatant, like, like side character Pokemon that everybody just has as, like, a seventh Pokemon that's not allowed to fight. <laughs> it just does all the HMs, kind of like what you're describing. Yeah. It's like their their place in the lore. Like, this is a Pokemon that will not fight. You could also just give Pokemon, like, a literal extra four slots that are non-combative slots that don't even show up in combat and just have HMs put in those slots so that it doesn't affect, like, whether or not they can still hold four original, like, good moves and not an HM one. I don't, yeah. like, that wouldn't be all too hard. Add one more screen into the summary page. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it's time when, you know, Nintendo tried to where you could go based on what like like you know you'd get a certain power up or a certain item like it was like that in every game that was how zelda games worked that's how yeah. metroid games worked i mean so, that's still fine it's just don't have force you to take up one of your four move slots with the move they could still even use hms just don't have them take up the same slots as your combat moves yeah that would be the same thing or even like if you just got reusable items from gym leaders along with your badges. Yeah, there was a there's a fan game that did that. You got an item that was called like the Rock Crusher and that was Rock Smash. There you go. You got like a raft and that was your surf. They could do that too. There are multiple good ways to fix the problem. Yeah, HMs were were rough. I get it in the beginning, it was weird, it was it was new, but after like gen 5 or 6, probably should have been like HMs just getting in the way at this point. It's been like 15 to 20 years guys like yeah you got that great pokemon music or intro going yeah it's fantastic where have you been i'm here i've been listening to you guys talk about pokemon for the last five minutes (laughs) you've had nothing to contribute no (laughs) hm's bad Welcome to A for No, B for Yes. We made it. It's the finale of Skyward Sword. <laughs> Y'all get ready for it. As always, I'm Ryan Fonzie, and I got my friends here with me. I'm Cameron Hagee, and I'm a drop of condensation on the outside of your lemonade glass on a nice hot summer's day. Whoa. And I'm the Gigglinator, coming to a neighborhood near you. Uh-oh. Play your jazz music. Yeah, I'm coming right on through. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> Hide your Zelda. I'm coming in. 
Here comes. You don't want me to play your your game. I'll 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 bust in your house and beat your game for you, and you won't even get to play it. I'll erase your save data, start my own, beat it, get farther than you ever did, hundred percent, and then delete that too. Oh, <laughs> that's it's pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah, I'm in your house for like eighteen hours. It's fine. <laughs> and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Don't talk to me while I'm playing your game. <laughs> you better not disturb me. Oh goodness. All right, guys, we ha- we have a lot to cover this episode. Yeah, I got page. Can you hear these? These are these are pages of notes. I did use a very small notepad, so they are small pages of notes. But they are pages of notes, nonetheless. Pages. There's like five of them there. There's a lot. I don't know if I'm going to even remember to look at them, honestly. Normally, I forget to look at my notes. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, last time, though, uh, we had just got the hero song. Yeah, we did. And it was fantastic. It was the overworld theme to The Legend of Zelda. And one of the things that I wanted to share then and totally forgot to share then... <laughs> was about why this section of the game exists. Like, why did we have to go through and collect the hero song? After you go through the first two-thirds of this game and you visited every place twice and every place had an actual dungeon to crawl, it just felt really out of place to have a whole other section where we have to go back and backtrack in multiple directions in some cases uh, to get three more pieces of a song that ended up being a four-piece song with Levius involved. And... You know, like one of the things that I thought about, you know, like there are three different sections and the fourth is Levius. So that's, that is a four part counterpoint melody. Like that's an actual, like that's something that you learn about in music theory courses. It's one of the things that like, it just gets you a really basic understanding of chord progressions and things like that. But thinking about the fact that the melody was taken by Levius and then the other three all had harmonies, that kind of just plays back into that theory of unity, right? Like having uh-huh. all three areas be in harmony, like the Triforce only goes to people who are balanced. They they each had an equal part in the song and they melded together that way. The other thing that I thought about, and I'm sure if <laughs> Hideo Kojima ever, ever was able to listen to this, he might be a little bit happy about this. There's actually been studies done that, that's, that say when people sing together, there is actually a release of oxytocin, um, which is kind of like... You know, I think they call it the cuddle hormone. It's it's basically a feeling that helps people feel more connected to each other. Like that's the hormone that's kind of responsible for for bonding oh. between people. And so, like when you have these dragons singing this song, you have you know the, everybody's involved in this. It becomes like an anthem of of Hyrule, anthem of the hero, right? And it just kind of plays into that idea that the hero, just like in Ocarina of Time, like he brings unity to the land that he that he operates in. That's part of that's part of him taking on that role is being able to bring balance and bring, bring unity. So I don't know, like I thought it was really cool. You know, I, the reason I bring up Hideo Kojima, he, he, you know, if you played Death Stranding, oxytocin gets mentioned in that game several hundred times <laughs> um, because be, being the strand game that it is, uh, it's all about connections. It's all about connections between people. It's all about connections with items. Even like, it's just, that's what that whole game was about. So first strand type um, game connections with babies. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't. I don't, <laughs> don't want to go there. <laughs> I was talking about Death Stranding. Not, I was talking about Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like, I guess like that to me made sense. Like somebody had this idea of this hero song, and honestly, this game's been a lot about the music. Even though there's only five mm-hmm. songs in it, this this game was the first Zelda game that had all fully orchestrated music in the background. It, you know, the 
the ballad of the goddess was like a huge piece that they like really pushed alongside the release of the game. It was like the 25 year anniversary and they did it big with the music specifically. Uh, I would say that, you know, the Zelda games leading up to this one were consistently winning like best, best original soundtrack in a video game. Like at the game awards, they would always seem to nab that whenever there was a Zelda game out. Mm-hmm. So it made sense. Like music was a really big part of the series then. I mean, I, I would say that with Breath of the Wild, there's a few good songs that came out, like being that it was the next major release, but it wasn't really about the music as much. <laughs> And it did not slap hard in the music category. Yeah, the overworld themes and stuff were, you know, in some places they didn't want you to always have this overworld theme. So in some parts you literally just get a few piano key hits and it's like, all right, yeah. that's what you get. It was very light ambience music and that was mostly it. And that's a design choice. I mean, it wasn't bad. It didn't make the game worse. But compared to that, like this Skyward Sword was all about the music. Mm-hmm. So. So it makes sense that there would be a section specifically about singing, about coming together and like doing this last bit. A lot of it, a lot of the games seem to be about Link growing and kind of learning from all these three different areas. One of the things that stuck out to me was Link gets the magma mitts, right? And suddenly he's like digging through and like redirecting lava, which is one of the things that the magmas did the first time you ever met one was like, he was like, Oh, Hey, isn't it so cool? I just redirected this lava over here. That kind of detail stuck out to me. Like, okay, so at first we go through and we learn from each place and we become like, we become a part of the culture of each area. And then at the end we go and we collect the piece of this song and we bring the surface together in one piece. So I don't know. It it all kind of fit poetically at that point. Like it all made sense. And I think that's that's why there's all this game. Because <laughs> the game yeah. just keeps going forever and ever. I see what you're saying with that. Like um some parts that stick out with that is you uh, towards as you start to get more quest uh, this is just a side quest type thing, but as you start to get more quests knocked out in the side quest category for Betrow, you start to mingle both the overworld and the Skyloft in the sense that like, you know, you bring a magma to meet the Skyloftians or, you know, the Kikwis go up to Skyloft. So it's like it's just different types of unity all over the board. You're also having the unity of the dragons, you're having the unity of the races that once stood against demise and are now separated and then you have to kinda go through Hyrule to kinda like get them back in shape. Like everyone's just kind of like sad and broken and you're like, no. We're, we got this, everybody. <laughs> I'm sick of your negativity, Hyrule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get it together. I mean, it makes sense. You know, there's a threat that's threatening all of them. So, like, they have to unite together to take it out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The game should have been called The Legend of Zelda Unite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that would have sold as well. <laughs> Hy- Hyrule Unite. Well, that's a thing. I think that happens in a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> the uniting of Hyrule is its kind of a theme that does come up every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> we take this this hero song that we get, and uh, we take it to open up our final Silent Realm. But before we do that Silent Realm, I did want to cover Betro, actually. Better, 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 Betro. Yeah. So, so all this time, we've been doing all these side quests, right? We've been going... I mean, the last couple were the fortune teller and bringing that Kikui up to Aulin and doing those kinds of things. And it takes 80 gratitude crystals. We've been gratitude farming, man. Yeah, that's how many are in the game overall. It's a ton. You bring him back over to Betro, and it's not a very long cutscene. Like, really, he'll, he'll give you the, the tycoon wallet that holds 9,000 rupees. 
he he comments like, "Oh, like that's I think that's all the gratitude crystals in this wide wonderful world." <laughs> um, he's like, "I don't know if I'll be able to make the transformation, but you know, I got to try." And suddenly there's like a big shining beam of light, and he turns into he's still named Betro, but I mean, he turns into a human. Um, and it's funny because he looks exactly like he did when he was a demon. It's just he has human facial features rather like he doesn't have glowing yellow eyes, but he also doesn't open his eyes, so you wouldn't really know. Hmm. And instead of his horns he has red hair that just kind of forms into horn shapes above his head <laughs> so if you ever look up a picture of Petro, if you didn't take the time to like do all the side quests look up a picture of Petro as a human versus as a demon and you'll be like yeah okay uh yeah he, he looks the same yeah i arguably think he looks better as a demon to be completely <laughs> honest because as a human he's kind of more scary <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a Poor little, it's like, uh, yeah, no, I don't even know what to t- say about it. He, it's fine. He's fine. He's, he's a human now. He still lives with a bunch of scythes up in his house and portraits of him as a demon are everywhere. What's so wrong? The comparison. It's fine. He's just a little What's aesthetically challenged. Teeth? I, it'd be okay with his hair and his nose and his like feng shui little goatee hanging down. But what is wrong with his pig teeth? Well, he used to have fangs. So they round it off on top. Now he has now he has little mini mini tusk nibs just hanging there. Oh my! He's got little tusk nibs. He got into a lot of fights before he got turned into a demon. Lost most of his teeth. Huh? I don't know if he ever got turned into. I think he started as a demon. Maybe not. I don't know. Oh, I thought um I thought the story was he got turned into one. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering. I don't remember that. But um he uh the the major thing about this is once you do this once you turn him back into a human um if you head back outside cuz you know you talk to him at night um there won't be any more monsters on all of Skyloft there won't be keys that attack you in the middle of the night there won't be chews that come out of the ground there won't be um even the remlets at night don't attack you anymore they just become cute little remlets again it's actually really peaceful. So I think the real the real story here is that he was the ringleader of all of them, and we just helped him blend into human society. What's going to happen now? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> I'm I, I kidding. That, yeah, I think that the story is that him as a demon on Skyloft was creating that evil presence that was allowing all these monsters to appear. So, you know, by helping him become a human, it, it kind of cures that. I don't know. I, I came out of there and I, I immediately had this weird nostalgic feeling about Skyloft. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to miss this place when we're done with this game. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> Even um, a few of the NPCs start coming out at night, too. You, you can run into Paro and Jackamar. Like, they're both hanging out on Skyloft at night now. It's just a really cool moment when you finally hit that. And really, that's the reward of it because you don't need a tycoon wallet this late in the game doesn't nah. really do anything for you by now you've already bought everything that costs a lot it's not a sonic game where you get hit and lose all your rings you you just get more and more rupees as you go and by now you've already had as many as you ever needed so you know. yeah but now you can win the elect uh thunder dragons 12 round gauntlet and get the 9999 rupees at the end of that yeah, even if you had an empty wallet, 99 of those rupees would still go to waste at that point. You can only get a maximum of 9,900 rupees, which oh. is funny. I think it's just it's just supposed to say, hey, if you beat this, I'll fill your wallet for you. It's kind of like the, <laughs> the mailman in Ocarina who's, you know, you give him the bunny hood and he's just like, no money is enough. Here, take it until you're- your Take stuff. all of the monies. 
But yeah, so that was uh, that's Petro. He's the he's the first demon we'll be talking about today, and that's his story. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's true. I think he has a really cool ending. I'm not gonna lie, like not the fact that he. I mean, I think it's cool that he becomes a human and all, but I think that the reward that you get is just to have a peaceful skyloft at night is really cool. You even talk to Pippet, who's still on patrol. He's like, man, it's been really quiet lately. I guess that's a good thing, but you know, like he's just he's yeah. Pippet could take a break finally. Surprised by it, yeah. I like that. Stuff. That's cool. And speaking of night on Skyloft, uh, there's a there's a next thing that we have to do to you know complete the trials. Absolutely, the well, yeah. it is the hardest of the trials that uh-huh. we have to do, uh-huh. in my opinion. But, well, uh, yep. The Silent Realm, yeah, this one hard. Yeah, well, harder. Yeah, I think it was harder than the other ones. Really, this was the most relaxing Silent Realm for me so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you pace yourself well, and you kind of, if you know what you're doing, yeah. I definitely had a it few moments where I had to, like, dash for a fruit, <laughs> and then turn around. Yeah. I will say, there more times than, than any other one, I got, like, taken out of the night, and, like, they started chasing me, but I never got in a bad spot. But, like, there was a lot of areas set up that it was really hard to get through without getting spotted. Right. That's and what I we're think saying. That's the real thing, yeah. I, I def I failed this one once and then got it on my second try, but it was the most I've ever gotten caught in a sense. You know, the first time I gotten chased so many times in a silent room. How many times you had to watch the cutscene of all the guys waking up? Yeah, yeah. So many. And the time I failed it, I I only had one fruit left to get. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Max time yeah. wasted. You right? got wrecked. I, uh, cause it's like back in the, the house is a skyloft. I saved that for last cause there's those four watchers all going around the one fruit. And I was like, that's going to be my last one. So I went and did all the other ones first and then grabbed one that was like behind all of the hobbit houses. And as you come back, you know how there's like that little tunnel back there, like kind of goes under a little bridge. You, you got in the water, didn't you? Yeah. The waking water oh. came out of nowhere because when it's down, you can't see it. Yep. And I didn't realize that it was there. So I was down in there when it was a clear path, and all of a sudden the whole floor turns white, and I'm like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> I got I got got hard by the game." Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about when you mentioned that because I remember looking in the path and seeing the water and being like, "Oh, I guess I can't use that." And then I watched it go away. I was like, "Oh, you tricky guys, you." <laughs> yeah, I had a bad bad run in. You know the guy in the graveyard, the lantern watcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got the purple relic in the middle of the graveyard, and then I ran over to the tier, and then I kind of like hooked him so that I could get around without him getting. And I ran up the ramp, and the dude chased me so far. I ran all the way over to the other side where there's the four watchers that kind of spin in a circle, and he was still following me all the way from the graveyard. And I was like, what is this? So I tried to like get into the the circle of the four watchers and then i couldn't so i had to do another kitty corner thing and i'm running this whole time and this dude's chasing me i go back across the bridge in the middle of the map where the river is and i'm on the and i'm like running towards the 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 bazaar in the middle and the dude is still chasing me i guess if you don't get out of the like second layer of light that they chase you with they just chase you forever if you don't get out of that second layer, and I was I was sprinting as fast as I could, and I guess I don't know the reason way I was cutting corners or something. I couldn't get away from him, so I tried to go back to the other side so I can complete all the tiers over there. And I, when I tried going up the ramp, he finally got me. And this was when I was coming back after I had already gotten the tiers, so there was no tiers left on that side. 
So I had the only closest tier I had left was either the one on the ramp that you have to go across the like little tiny catwalk beam off off this death off nothing. Do you guys remember that one? Yeah, yeah. There was actually a spot right by the fences where you could drop down and land on it perfectly. Oh, well, see, I was but. in the middle of a chase by watchers because the guy got me <laughs> yeah, because no, he no. the graveyard watcher didn't he didn't stop. He just he wanted me so bad. So <laughs> I, I had to run. I, I did like six dodge rolls on the ones with the the like two swords and then the dude with the big guy. I, I almost got got by his his like downward strike. And I literally jumped off the the ramp onto the wooden beam, got the tear, fell. And then it reset me on top of the platform. And since I got the tier, everyone was chill. And I was like, oh, but then it reset me <laughs> right in front of the watcher that actually patrols the ramp. So then I had to run back. I was like, this, this was so annoying. And then the only one I had left from there was, I think, the one I missed on top of the, on top of the actual like school. Gotcha. I'd say the, the worst time for me was the one where it's the four of the flying guys that were rotating around the one tier. I got in and I got it, but on my way out, they saw me and I had to run quite a distance to get to the next tier. And I had a couple things chasing me. I had to like run past one of the flying guys that has the dual swords to get They're it. dangerous. They are, yeah. I had to run past two of them during this trial, but they didn't swing fast enough. Yeah. The guys who walk aren't aren't that bad. Their no. downward strike is like pretty easy to dodge if they do the downward one, but the the two dual sword blind guys like they have range. Yeah, you have to give them a little bit of a a berth, but the the sword dude, you feel like you can just sprint right by him and he's just chill. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, you're too fast for me." Yeah, he's got too long of a wind up. Yeah, and he swipes from above, doesn't he? Like, he doesn't even do a yeah. horizontal swipe, so it's not... Yeah, so as long as you're moving shot, by yeah. him, he, he'll miss. Yeah, just roll through him, you know? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Still remember that flying dude while I was... He was chasing me up the mountain on Elden Volcano in the, that silent realm. Is <laughs> they go through walls, which is the scariest yeah, part. they you do. You know if one of them's just... Got, like, well, flying guy's just gonna come out of, like, one of the buildings in Skyloft or something if you're attack, being attacked. True that. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a time where I did a huge chase across half of Skyloft, turn around because I'm like, I know there's a fruit by that one bench. And I went heading towards the bench up the ramp. And it's like right by the marketplace. And there were four of them waiting for me. And I was like, I guess that's not the fruit we're going to get. We're gonna <laughs> and uh, there was a there was a way out, luckily, for that chase. But that was before I got caught. So uh, yeah. bad. it's all good. A lot, well, of, a lot of daring chase scenes. It was good. For the most of this uh, Silent Realm, though, I was just kind of chilling. I wasn't even sprinting. I was just kind of running, grab a fruit, look up, be like, oh, I'll go get that one next. Why I think this one was easy is because I was extremely familiar with the terrain. So every light yeah. in the sky, I knew exactly how to get right to where it was versus the other ones, which set up random obstacles and had... Uh, just difficult ways to get to ones like the sand one where I had to roll into the tree to get it, and that stumped me for a while. This one didn't have anything in particular that stumped me. Gotcha. What stumped me, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but right on top of the bazaar, there is a dusk relic on a lamppost. You gotta roll into about it. Did we lose him? <sighs> yeah, you gotta roll into it. I saw that one and I was like, oh, it's like the thing that screwed me last time. Okay, and I rolled into it and I it fell right down. I didn't think you could roll into it because it's it's actually on the railing, the the post. It wasn't actually like on the ground. I didn't I didn't 
I thought you had to get up from it, like from the bazaar. And I was like, how do you get on the bazaar in the silent room? I thought about it too. And I was like, there's nothing I can think of. And then I was like, I'll just roll into it. <laughs> uh, and it I mean, worked. to be fair, it's not like it's not like we need any more dusk relics after no. if, you, if you've been playing any silent realms. <laughs> but still, I wanted it. I was gonna say, yeah. When I finished, of course, I grabbed the fruit that was in the middle of the four watchers, and it was like, "All right, be careful getting back." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I still have to do that." So then I was in the middle of these watchers, and I was like, "You know what?" When I got out, when I walked, like, did their little walking puzzle and got out. I was like, I don't need Dusk Relics. I'm just going to go back and get out of here. So I just I just left. I didn't even think about Dusk Relics after that. Uh, so I, I think I've done, what, this is the fourth Silent Realm. And uh, I've never known, what do those little tiny fruits do when you get them? The white ones? The white ones are what yeah. let you see the beams coming out of all of the, the fruits you're looking for. If you run out of the oh, 30 never... seconds that each one of those gives you, you will not see the beams in the sky showing you where the fruits are. And it's way harder to find them. Oh, I never realized that. Yeah, and those only last 30 seconds at a time where the fruits give you 90 seconds of immunity from those things chasing you. So you've been you've been collecting them without knowing what they do? Yep. I Fair enough. <laughs> I was like, oh, it adds maybe like a second on the clock. I don't know. I was just collecting them. I actually had a time where I ran out of them in Elden Volcano because I couldn't figure out how to get to the last couple the time I failed that one. And I had no more available to me anywhere because I picked all of them up. Oh, no. Gotcha. So, so we do finish this. Uh, we beat, uh, you know, the silent, the silent room. <laughs> and the reward this time is the Stone of Trials, and it's basically a ruby. Uh, and you come out of the silent realm, and Fee's like, "Hey, that's one of a pair. The other one should be on this island somewhere. If you can match them up, you should be able to find the Triforce." Um, mm-hmm. And you know, just from wandering Skyloft a few times earlier on in the game, you might have realized that there is, in fact, a bird statue that is missing an eye. Has one eye that's a big old ruby, and the other one is, you know, not. Yeah. <laughs> so you say, oh, you know, it's probably that bird with the one eye. So you run over there, and you put it in, and it's one of the most hilarious cutscenes in the game. Yes, it yep. is. Like right, af- right after Falling Groose, I would put this as, like, the second best cutscene in the game. <laughs> it's, uh, it's got a cartoon charm to it. Yeah. yeah. I just the, love the- Link's face during the whole process <laughs> I, know, I love i love the timing i love how long you sit there and you're like did it work because <laughs> you know it's so random the bird opens up its mouth to a and it has a cannon right mm, yeah and it, and it shoots this one little cannonball over and it hits the underside of the basically where the giant temple of, of high or like the giant statue of hylia sits it doesn't even fire it hard either it fires it like lackadaisically yeah no it yeah. lobs it over and it like meatball slowly goes over and just sticks into the side of it for a second and then falls and then out falls. and for a minute like nothing happens we have like 15 seconds of tense yeah it cuts back to link and he's just like staring blindly at where the cannonball hit like okay that it <laughs> i don't I don't see a Triforce anywhere. Like, not really when sure. I was doing this, I was playing it with my girlfriend who hadn't played any of this game yet. Uh, I was at her place. We were playing the game. And it, it happened. The thing hit. And she's like, what happened? And then she like looked at Link's face and then like the slow pan towards Link while nothing's happening. And then the pan back to the thing and then the pan back to Link. And she's like... <laughs> Da 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 da, <laughs> and then finally, finally, what happened happened. She was like, "Oh, <laughs> it was great. It was a great moment." 
all of the rocks fall off of the bottom of this island, and it like telescopes down into a giant, it looks like an upside down temple with a door at the bottom, and then a bunch more things shoot out of the bird, and like you get like a slow-mo shot of one of them, and it's literally just a floating ball with a hook shot (laughs) target, a claw Mm -hmm. shot target, and they all just like lodge randomly in midair. As if they were getting stuck in a very specific spot that, you know, it's magic. It's there's weird. No, there's no explanation for that. But it works. It gives you a path in to the Sky Keep. Yeah. Now, before we get in there, I wanted to do a little side thing that I found out that's probably arguably one of the best physics things of this game that I didn't really know there was physics in this game until this point. But I didn't know where the bird statue, it, it was the, exactly the bird statue for the Stone of Trials. So I went over to the School of the Knights and I went to Headmaster Gaypora and I asked him about where I could use the, find the, or put the Stone of Trials. And he goes, Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm, well, um, you know, it's, I heard about it before, but it's, uh, somewhere over on this island, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And then you just, that's, that's about the conversation. And then I went. I noticed the bath, so I went into the bath because I had never been into the bath before in the night's thing. So I went into the bath, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a really nice bath, a nice little like circle thing." And I saw a pot, and I was like, "Pot! I must break it." <laughs> so I picked the pot up and I chuck it into the bath because the bath is like a uh, like eight by eight radius hot tub, and right. the pot kind of like you chuck it in, and it like. It's the surface of the water and the surface tension like ripples the bath water and then the pot kind of like slowly sinks down for a second until it shatters at the bottom of the of the uh, bath water. And I was like that. I, I didn't expect that. I just expect to throw it <laughs> in and it just shattered. But it was like and it like slowly hit the surface of the water, sank in the water rippled. And I was like, that was amazing. <laughs> just a little detail. Just a little detail that I was like, that's the coolest what? thing that this game has done. No, I'm just kidding. But it was it was interesting. I was like, I didn't know they had physics in this game. Or maybe it was just that part. But I'm really happy that this anecdote has made it into our finale episode. <laughs> and it's a giant pot. Let me tell you, it, it's <laughs> the biggest pot you'll ever see. Link picks it up. He's like, because <laughs> it's one of those like, it's probably the size of him, his height. Anyway, so that's all I want to say. So to, we're going to Sky Keep now. Let's go to the Sky Keep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the Sky Keep. All right, cool. Yeah, casual Sky Keep. Uh, yeah, so the Sky Keep is one of the most interesting. It's almost like the uh, the precursor to the Divine Beasts in Breath of the Wild because you can control this entire temple. You get in, and one of the first things you're met with is a slide puzzle on a podium you look at it well you get the map first actually i think they hand you the map right away yeah and you can see that there are eight rooms that are positioned within a nine by or a three by three square so eight rooms within a nine square space and in the next little section that you get to they give you a slide puzzle where you can actually rearrange the rooms of Skykeep. Mm-hmm. the thing about these rooms is that they all represent a different area on the surface that we've been to. Uh, I kind of took some notes on it just because there were a bunch of different ones. These are the order that I first came across them, not the order that I actually completed them. Uh, the first one that I found was uh, is basically Faron Woods. It was a lot like the Deep Woods. It had a little bit of Skyview Temple yeah, in there as well. Yeah, I did that one. Same. And then, yeah, and then if you uh, set it up right, you can, you can visit the first Triforce room 
but you can't do mm-hmm. anything with it yet because there's actually a locked door. Yep. But it's based on the ancient cistern, uh, the depths below the ancient cistern. Mm-hmm. Then there's a room that's based on the Nehru mining facility or even the pirate bay. I don't remember. It's kind of like a cross yep. between the two. That's what I did next. Then <laughs> there was one that was uh, based on the Earth Temple and Elden Volcano. Uh, had a little bit of fire sanctuary because you could actually dig underground on like, you know, the Earth Temple. There was nowhere to do that. Oh, that one tripped me up for a second. I, I think I had a brain fired. If this is the room you're talking about with the crystals. Yeah, I think that, yep, that's the room with the crystals. Yeah, the, I didn't see the stone tab that said lowest to highest. So I was shooting the crystals furiously with arrows and I was getting frustrated <laughs> because I was like, why can I not open a door and then i finally found the sign that was very badly placed i feel that said lowest to highest so then i went to the crystals and tried to see okay how many crystals are here five okay how many crystals are here wait hold on five that doesn't make sense so i went to the other crystal and i was like wait five what and i was like oh lowest to highest when you say lowest to highest i immediately think number game I'm sorry, but... It is. It's the number of its altitude. I had trouble with that room, just for that soul fray. I didn't see the I didn't see the uh, sign or... Yeah, I, I had yeah, seen the yeah. sign before I started, but then when I finally found all three crystals, I was like, wait, was it lowest to highest or highest to lowest? So I tried both. Like, I tried one way and it was wrong. And I was like, oh, I guess it's the other way. And mm-hmm. I had to redo it. So, so it wasn't a big deal. There was actually one room in this temple that I could skip and there was nothing necessary in it to go into and I never actually did. And I think it's the one you guys are talking about because it's not ringing any bells. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the way that it is a slide puzzle, um, there's probably ways where you never have to visit a s- certain rooms. Three of them you have to visit, obviously, to, to complete it. Actually, four, uh, because the small key is in one of the rooms that's not a Triforce room. Yeah. Right. I think there's six rooms you have to go in. Right. So there's, I mean, and obviously, you have to go through the starting room. So <laughs> there's that, too. So there, there are a good number of rooms you have to hit, but... I would not be surprised if there was a way to skip one. Yeah, and I did. And I think, I think it's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so there's another room. The one we actually get the key is based on Faron Woods, but you wouldn't really know it because all you do in that room is fight against LD-003D Dreadfuse. Yeah, Mr. Dreadfuse. Yeah, who is Skirvo's twin brother. <laughs> yep. Oh. He wears a king's crown and has a different color scheme. He's like more in blues, whereas Dreadfuse or is in Skirvo, I think was in reds and you, it's the same exact fight. You just have to push him back to the end until he f- loses all of his weapons and arms and falls off. Uh, but it looks a lot like the inside of the tree. He beat me the first oh, time. Fair on woods. He was definitely harder than Skirvo. I kept uh, forgetting that after I finally like countered him, that he would put his weapon up to try to block me. And I kept swinging immediately. And he kept randomly putting his weapon up to block the exact direction I happened to choose to swing when I'd forget. And I kept oh. happening. Started to get frustrated. I gotcha. So I did research on this guy because I, I, con- I just wanted to do research on him because he was like one of the only new enemies that we've gotten this time. And the goddess Hylia had, or so the book says, you know, the whatever Historia thing, and as well as the internet, that Hylia built him, which to test the chosen hero, which <laughs> is like, did, so did Hylia build all of the other robots and Scarvo? And like, just that was her whole like robot army. Like, 
if she, I mean, I maybe not, but like it says that Goddess Hylia had placed him there and created him in back to challenge Link. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I mean the entire Sky Keep would have had to have been a challenge set up by Hylia, right? I mean, yeah. So or everything, just- at least everything in Sky Keep would have been by design. I think mm-hmm. it is weird to think about that, though. I mean, some. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, Hylia is not just a, a benevolent you know, giver of gifts. Like she also was trying to find a hero, like somebody who is and forge a hero above and beyond to do this kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, there's Hylia's plan, man. I don't know. <laughs> she had, she had a lot of times where she's like, she throws deadly obstacles at you and you're kind of like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, why would, why would you be doing this? But I guess it, it makes sense when you get to the end, I guess she got to make you strong, man. Strong. The lunk is strunk. You're not going to get strunk sleeping in your bed late every day. No. No, you is not. You know what this this place kind of reminded me of? I, I want to throw this fact out there. Is, is, uh, Ryan, you know. I don't know if you ever played the original game, Cameron. But when you get the dungeon map in the original, original Zelda, and how the rooms are set up where like the doors are like linked, and you can see like the way that the doors are linked together... It almost reminded me of the way that the map is set up in that game. Obviously, you can't move rooms around in the first Zelda, but it was like a little tiny baby callback to the way dungeons used to be set up. There's little rooms with stuff in them. Yeah. Yeah, it's also a callback to Wind Waker when you go to your own oasis. There's actually slide puzzles on the wall that you can do just for fun. Mm. You you just get rupees from them. And uh, no other reason to do it. It kind of reminded me of the build your own map thing in Link's Awakening remake on Switch. Just a tiny bit. It's not like it's set up in the exact same format, but like just having rooms represented by squares and they're all squares and you get to put them and move them around where you want reminded me of that. Although I didn't really mess around with it too much in, yeah, Link, in Link's Awakening. Oh, no. Nice callback to. No, I didn't want to. I mean, you're talking about the remake? Yeah, the remake. It Switch wasn't in the original. Yeah, no, I did not get the remake. Not, not yeah. yet. I, mean, I probably will at some point, but I, I don't blame it. you. It was sixty dollars and probably not worth it. It's probably like a forty-five dollar game, maybe forty, but whatever. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. play the original first because I already have it on my 3ds. So yeah, you know, when we do the right, season, I'll so, probably be playing the original. Uh, yeah. So then there's another room that's based on the fire sanctuary. It's a bunch of lava paths that you have to ride up block on and solve puzzles while you're riding it uh, pretty fun that one was a pain it, it mm-hmm. well, i definitely i think i died once and had to start over i died twice um yeah so it was it was a little rough uh and that's actually where you get the triforce of power that was the first triforce i actually got that was the first piece that i found anyway yes um, same and then there is a at the very end of this well, there's the la- very last room that I went to because I actually got the Triforce of Courage in the middle of all this. And then at the very end, there's a Lineiru Desert-based room that mm-hmm. you basically have a, a ball, like a time shift ball or whatever they called that, time shift cube, and um, have to kind of run that around a room and solve a bunch of different puzzles with it. And that's where you get the Triforce of Wisdom. That one was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So a couple other bosses to note. So in the the Elden Volcano one where you have to dig underground, there actually there is a um a, like an underground boss fight. You have to fight some of those centipede things that I never remember the name of. I believe they're mole moldorms. Yeah, you have to fight two moldorms at once. In theory, they're they're kind of separated by a wall, but they're they're in the same underground pit, and you fight them both at the same time. And then they're in in the uh, way to the Triforce of Courage. There are some stall lords 
like with the four swords, you know, that you have to mm-hmm. go in, yeah, and fight while a bunch of cursed bacoblins are also surrounding you at the same time. Yeah, that was annoying. That, yeah, that was a lot. And how'd you like the room? How'd you like the room where you walk in the, the first part of that room where there was a bunch of arrow bacoblins and then a bunch of stealthos running around? Oh, that one was annoying too. Yeah. yeah. And you're playing like Call of Duty over there with the arrow. Yeah. That one was extreme. I mean, I, I remember at some point going back to the start of the room where you had a little cave and just like drawing the walking ones into the cave to fight them before going out and dealing with the archers. Yeah. <laughs> I did something similar. I also kind of liked how that's the the Triforce of Courage and they designed that one around like the scary demonic looking level where there were like skeleton enemies and zombie enemies. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. All right. Favorite level in Skykeep, and then least favorite level in Skykeep. Who yeah, wants to go, go around, around the circle here? Yeah, let's let's do a circle. Um. Okay. I think my favorite was the Lineru Desert to get the Triforce of Wisdom. Okay. I, when I first got into it, I was like, "Oh no, not one of these puzzles." But like by the end of it, I was kind of impressed by how much they expected you to figure out with it because you there was no indicators in certain parts where you needed to have that ball. You just kind of had to know, okay, like what conditions do I need to meet? The the very end of it where you had to put the ball down in a spot where it would open a door on the second level and you had to recognize, okay, this is making a whole cylinder. Like it's not just a bubble. Like I can put this here and get up above, but I also need to be far enough back to get the platforming levels to get over to that door. It just, it made you put the ball in a very specific spot without any like actual physical indicator of where to put it. And I mm-hmm. felt like that was a good level of challenge for someone who's played the rest of this game. It was something that that just was like, hey, we've given you so many guidelines before that made this obvious where the ball needed to go. Now yeah. you need to kind of understand the mechanics and and place it right yourself. And I thought that was really cool. So that was my favorite one. My least favorite one? Ooh. Uh, honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say the Faron Woods, like the first level you actually had to get through. Not because it was hard, but because it was so vanilla <laughs> there was nothing special <laughs> about it it just felt like busy work getting through it yeah like the one with the mushrooms right yeah 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 the one with the mushrooms and then it like, kind of transitions into the cistern a little bit and the big rotating pillars yeah the hardest challenge was like shooting down the second rope so you could swing across two ropes like that <laughs> yeah that I, I flung myself into the pit twice before i even realized that rope was angled away from me and i had to do something about it yeah so that one I wasn't too thrilled about. When I was on the rotating pillars, I forgot to kill the phoenix, and he knocked me off the rotating pillar once before I arrowed him. It's kind of I never killed that phoenix. Live and let live, bro. Live and no, let him live. Room, saw the phoenix and immediately pulled out the bow. I was like, nope. So <laughs> I don't know when you're gonna come for me, but I ain't. I ain't waiting for it. Not today, phoenix. <laughs> he tried. He threw fireballs at me, but he missed. What a loser. Yeah. Right. No one picked him on the team. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what about you guys? What were your favorites and least? My favorite was the other puzzle that had the time shift cube because it also mm-hmm. kind of made you the one. The thing that makes me think of is where you had it wrote on the uh, the conveyor belt and you had the switch or the lever that would let you change the direction of it. And nothing really told you you had to look above it and see that there was like opening gates with eyes that you had to shoot in the order that it goes from like front to back. And I just had to kind of look up there after looking around literally the entire room and going back through and double checking everything that I missed anything. And I looked up and I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) 
I remember liking that too. I remember that was a really cool moment. And my yeah. my least favorite was either the return of Robo Captain because I hate that guy. Uh, <laughs> the first time he beat me, it was in a long and arduous fight, and it used up my ferry, and he still beat me because I was getting frustrated and just swinging. And the second time, I went in angry, but like a calm angry, and I beat him in like 45 seconds. I just pushed him straight back every time. He hit me one time. <laughs> it was like a complete like flip-flop of how the first time went. So it's either that or the same room that Fonzie mentioned for the same reason Fonzie mentioned and that we already talked about. It's like between right. those two. Yeah. Okay. Anthony, what about you? So I want to say my favorite room is actually the lava room with the floating lava platforms. I kind of just liked that you had to keep going. It wasn't like you were kind of, you could stay, you know, in one spot for too long. You had to constantly hit the, hit the crystals, keep jumping. And also they have, I don't know if you noticed, but there's so many hearts in the treetops and the tops of the buildings in this level, if you actually look up with the bug, that after I beat the, you know, the robot guy, I was kind of low on hearts because he did kick my butt a little bit. Right. So I actually got pretty much more than half my hearts back from this, this place here. And there's a 100 rupees hitting, too. It's like a silver rupee just hidden somewhere in this room. It was like between the crystals or something. So yeah, I love this room. It was fun. And yeah uh worst room honestly <laughs> it's either between the the one you know Farhan and the ancient cistern room or i also didn't like the crystal room with the fire and where you're digging i was pretty yeah, long it I was skipped. kind of a long room that was annoying and i did like the underground parts but the crystal thing was just all right so i think it's pretty much unanimous that uh the Farhan section <laughs> For all yeah, of us, yeah, the fairground section was real bad. I I liked the ancient cistern, like I thought that was really cool because it was all combat, you know. But I get it, like it well, was frustrating. It was slightly frustrating combat, but I was also happy to just have flat combat. Yeah, it was good and bad. I feel like the ancient cistern. I feel like the Pharon part was just the beginning, and then the ancient cistern was like the end of that part with the rotating platforms and the phoenix. That was still that was like the top half of the ancient cistern. Like I in mean, the yeah, in the Buddha parts room. of it were kind of like that. I mean, I would have yeah. That's where I thought it was more like Skykeep, but yeah, no, they're the the spinning gears were definitely an ancient cistern thing. Yeah, but yeah, I I didn't like that that first room. Mm-mm. No, sorry. Yeah, nobody likes but, the first room. <laughs> it's bad. The Triforce. After the yeah. favorite room of yours, Fonz, we get the Triforce. Yeah, once we get the uh, the the final piece of our Triforce, whatever that was for you, because I'm sure you can get them in different orders if you play the puzzle differently did we all go in the uh, same order yeah. though because i went red blue green uh yeah i, I did went green red, red green blue for me yeah i did red green blue too no <laughs> yeah i got yeah, wisdom it, it last. works out and we end up back on the uh goddess statue outside ab- above the uh the sky keep and we end up there with the triforce they kind of all spin together uh just like in a link to the past it's kind of cool they do little floaty dance to, to meet up in the middle yeah it's weird though in this one they make it they make it seem like well fee makes it sound like he, she's like close your eyes and think really hard about wishing away uh demise and that's like when the triforce finally meets so they made it seem like the wish is what combined the triforce i don't think any other game made it seem that way 
The other games, yeah, it just kind of combined in front of them, and then they used it. But in this one, she told them to use it, and then it combined, kind of like it was reacting to that, is what it seemed to me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pair those concepts together in my head. I just was like, oh, the Triforce comes together, and also V tells you to make a, a prayer, um, and then to wish really hard that for the destruction of demise. And I was like, all right, cool. I mean, I might be reading so. too much into it, and the order didn't really matter, but that's just what came to my mind. I think it happened kind of like that yeah so the fulfillment of this wish though the the fulfillment of this wish though is fantastic did not get fulfilled well it did in the time that it was made (laughs) um yeah but you're kind of jumping ahead a little bit uh so the entire statue of hylia with with the island piece and all starts shooting straight down and as it's going down, you get you you like can you know see the spiral temple that's hanging below it, and you kind of get the idea. Okay, this might fit into the spiral mm-hmm. sealed grounds that we've been fighting in. But then when it pans down to that, you see the imprisoned once again flying up towards Skyloft as if to come after you, and just gets met with an entire island. <laughs> right in its face 20 yeah, tons of rock down into the ground so and i'm like that ought to keep him if anyone remembers the asdf movies i had like a mental image of toothy just like waking up and being like ah time to try to eat this old lady again and looking up and seeing like a whole island coming out of the sky and just be like ah and then it just ends right there <laughs> <laughs> It's like that I like trains kid is out his window. Yeah, exactly. It's like a quick little skit that ends with him screaming when he sees the giant building about to drop right on him after he wakes up. <laughs> it was perfectly timed. It was, it was pretty good. And he's like, it gets crushed down and you just see like black dust in the air, like yeah, coming out of the cracks and it all just kind of dissipates in the air. And V tells you that you did it. She's like, oh yeah, Demise has been utterly destructed or destroyed. Like it's gone. And it's gone. And I've just... Yeah, and it's gone. So it's pretty good. So we start celebrating. Yeah, you come down with V. You you go back into the the seal temple. Zelda wakes up, rebuilt. Zelda cracks out of her thing. Um, when Groose sees Zelda, he tears up. Like he just you know it gets all like emotional, like happy tears. He starts shaking your shoulders. He goes over and hugs Granny, and he starts making his way back down the stairs to come back to you and Zelda again. When all of a sudden. <gasps> A giant beam of red and black light, I guess. I don't know how that works, but it worked. And it cut in between all of you, and everybody kind of falls back in their respective directions. And then um, Girahim shows up. Every time. And he is covering up. It's wild. He has, like, his hair down across one side of his face, and it's covering up these cracks. I don't know if he got those last time we fought or, or what happened in between, but he is clearly damaged, and he is cracked. Like, he he's lost his mind a little bit. And he's just fed up with this whole situation, <laughs> clearly. And I mean, it might be one of those things where now that Demise has been destroyed, like, he's been damaged by that. Like, that's my best guess. But um, but basically, he says, hey, Demise might be destroyed here, but he's still alive in the past, and I'm going to take the soul of this girl and and revive him in the past. So he's going to use the the divine soul within this blonde-haired girl <laughs> to go back and revive uh, the, his, his demon lord, you know, back in the past. So... He starts heading towards the thing, and Groose actually tries to stand up to him, even though he's he's scared out of his mind, like his legs are shaking. But he stands in his way, and he stands in front of Granny, and Gearham's like, yeah, no, probably not, and smacks him right out of the way, and ends up taking uh, Zelda along with him to the past. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty intense scene. 
Oh, so question about this scene. At one point, when he's like right about to walk into the time gate, Link looks like he's about to get up to like confront him, but then he's like, oh, my back or, or my lumbago or something. And he just looks like all of a sudden, <laughs> out of nowhere, when he was fine before, he just is in yeah. so much pain, he can't get up. I'm like, what happened to you, my yeah. guy? I think I think what they were trying to get at was that he was hit, like when Girahim came in, get hit Link. That was a surprise attack that specifically Link took the brunt of. Oh, that that flash of light. Yeah. So I think. Um. I mean. I mean. Obviously, Zelda fell back and was kind of unconscious too. So I mean, they probably all got hit a little bit. But Groose apparently recovered the best because he was actually able to stand up and climb stairs and do all that. Uh. But Link, I think he needed more time to recover. He literally had this moment of like my lumbar and yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of fell over. Mm-hmm. You know. He, I mean, just saying, I had a fairy in a bottle in my pocket. If we could have stopped this before he walked through the gate, I think the fairy'd have been worth it, my guy. <laughs> he, just, he needed a breather, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'd just be happy that Girahim didn't just kill us with that surprise attack. Right? Yeah, fair know. point. Or any of the other times he ran into us because he he walked away without even a scratch, so he definitely mm. could have, which he remarks on soon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he's planning to resurrect Demise with Hylia's soul. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I went and just grabbed some fairies and stuff before even going ahead. I was like, yeah, well, might as well stock up. Cause you know, it's about to get real. I got two potions that were Mark two from the potion man. You know, the ones that give you full hearts twice. Yeah. I didn't I have time to get nothing. So I went in with the one fairy ahead. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just grabbed some fairies and then went, turns out you can catch fairies in the bug net. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew that you could in old games, but I hadn't tried in this one until until this point in the game. Like, I went out to a, the goddess wall, summoned the fairies, and then I caught them in the bug net, and I was like, oh, you can do that. Okay. Anyway. Where does Link keep the bugs if you have to put fairies in bottles? Just saying. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Link is, is Oogie Boogie. <laughs> He's just a burlap sack <laughs> with a bunch of bugs inside. He's, he's Shikamaru. They live inside his body. Shino. <laughs> oh, yeah, Shino. Yeah, Shikamaru is the smarty pants. What a drag. My bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, at this point, once we, we gear up, we get everything we need, and we go to the past, there we're met with Impa, who kind of just tells us to you know put an end to all of this and even if you talk to like granny or groose they're kind of like you got this link we'll hold things here and i'm like i'm sure you will um impa's actually hurt i think yeah she got like hurt trying to stop him but yeah she's on the ground and she says that they went through the door to outside and we get outside and we notice that the sealed grounds of the past has this Girahim inspired gate going all the way down the ramp. You get out there and he snaps his fingers and the gate arrives. Like there's a big yellow laser gate that just goes around the entire zoom ramp down. So Girahim's got some serious magic. I mean, if we didn't know that already. He's got some Tron in him. (laughs) He's got some Tron. He rode his Tron bike down the ramp. (laughs) Snapped his fingers. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, Did you see the dance? dance? Yeah, the yes, dance the is dance. amazing. Doop da ba ba da doop ba da doop ba, and then he disappears and goes ba da 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 da, and disappears again. <laughs> I love how he's uh, he keeps <laughs> jamming down there. He complains that you showed up too fast, but he's doing a victory dance. Listen, mm-hmm. if I could teleport, 
I can't promise that I wouldn't teleport in circles every once in a while. Like, <laughs> each time I appeared. <laughs> he's like, he's going full Deadpool right now in this moment. Yeah, he was. He was schmoovin' real hard. It was great. It was good. It's super, like, seems, it seems mad irresponsible <laughs> in this moment. You feel like everything is super heavy and he's dancing. In my head, I'm like, that better be a ritual because I don't understand why he would be wasting time with this groove right now. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I'm like, is this part of the ritual? Is this like some Dragon Ball Z old man bringing out my inner powers level stuff right now? <laughs> yeah. It was the beginning of the ritual for, to re- revive the demon lord. <laughs> so he, uh, so Girahim calls for backup. He summons everybody like everybody like he he just sends like a whole wave of bacoblins at you and he's like i don't care if every single one of you ends up lodged on his blade you will keep him long enough for me to finish this ritual and so now you're link versus the army he'll end them theirself yeah his words were don't be afraid of him be afraid of what i'll do to you if you fail yeah like that yeah that's some iron fist level stuff right there yeah he's like you're probably gonna die I'm I'm on level with you guys, <laughs> but if he kills you, it'll probably feel a lot better than what I'ma do. Pretty much, <laughs> if it doesn't work out. Brutal. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, we have to fight our way down this way. This was one of the most epic battles in all of Zelda game history. Not that there's been a ton since this game. Right. It was like the beginning of Hyrule Warriors. Right. Like it was Hyrule Warriors level stuff without actually playing a Hyrule Warriors game. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I thought. I I was like, oh, this must be the precursor to Hyrule Warriors too. It it felt really good. I mean, first time doing it, like back in 2011, like it felt amazing to do this. This time I was kind of like, man, does it ever stop? <laughs> like, I was just, <laughs> that's kind of how I felt. Cutting, cutting through I was having a blast. Dudes. I was kind of pressed it for time, though, so I was just trying to get through. I ran past half of them and had to fight them with the boss he summoned when a gate popped up to stop me. <laughs> How'd you guys yeah. like the new commando unit, Bacoblin? Oh, the blue one? Yeah, with the dual swords. Oh. It was interesting. It was like lunge attacks and stuff. Yeah, he, he, he surprised me because everyone else was dying so fast. The fact that a Bacoblin stopped me in my tracks to actually fight me, I was like, what? <laughs> since when (laughs) that's what happened to me too i just thought it was funny when he first popped up because like he's like what the second boss the first boss is like five enemies surrounding you in a circle and the second one is just one little blue dude that pops up i was like wait really (laughs) yeah at some at some point there were dudes with like battle horns that would just keep summoning more and more yeah and they were running around in the crowd yeah he would he would call the signal and then he would run away into the crowd and you'd be like really dude Dude, he would run while he was playing that horn. My man had stamina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just sprinting around full speed. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to sprint up right behind him and hit him. (laughs) He understood the assignment, okay? He did. (laughs) I whipped him. I whipped him real good with the whip, stole his horn, and was like, nah, you stop in there right now. That's a good way to do it. I knew I had gotten him when I got the horn because I think I, I ended up using my bow to get him out. And then I ran mm-hmm. over and I picked up the horn. It's like, you got a monster horn. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> that dude was annoying. <laughs> I had like an anime interaction with the first blue guy that we faced because he popped up and I just kept running. And there was like the whole crowd that was chasing me and I wasn't paying any attention to any of them. I was just trying to run on by them. 
And I turn around and I'm like fighting the red guys. And then all of a sudden, out of like the corner of my eye, I saw this blue dude like charge through all the red guys and dual swipe me and send me flying. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> so it was kind of like one of those a anime interactions where like I got smacked on my butt and I get up. I'm like, oh, competition. <laughs> and I went right in and started trying to fight him. He's actually easy if he doesn't get the drop on. Yeah. But it, was, it was just the funniest interaction because everyone else was just terrible. And then he comes in and is like, I got this. <laughs> yeah, even the even like the moblins that they sent in weren't weren't very helpful because you just run over their shield and get behind them and cut them down. Oh, yeah. I, I went into the middle of the three that spawn up and I dropped a bomb and they all were like, oh, they didn't have any shields. <laughs> so they all died at once. I loved when the yeah, dude started coming in with bombs because I would just stand still long enough for them to chuck the bomb at me and then I would run around the whole group in circles until the bombs blew up and killed like 80% of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. The bomb runner Bacoblins, you kind of feel like they should have showed up at some other point in the game, but never did. Yeah, I thought they were actually going to like try to blow themselves up with the bomb and, and do it, but they just ran up to me and then just chucked them at me. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to run right up to me and just kaboom. Yeah, which which according to Girahim's language wouldn't have been a surprise. Yeah, right? And that fuse lasts a while. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually we do get to the bottom and we have to fight a few more goblins at the bottom before Girahim will, you know, disperse his gate that he has around himself. And then he'll tell you that you were far too quick because, you know, his ritual wasn't over, which is good. That means we have more time. Um, but he decides he's done playing with you. And then we find out what Girahim really is. Yeah, he, make, he makes a platform that is kind of like Hexagon <laughs> from Fall Guys. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like raises it up towards the top of, uh, towards back towards the top of the sealed grounds. But like it's in the center of everything. And it's just you and him. And as he's giving his speech, he mentions that, you know, like you can't stand up to me a demon or should I say a weapon. And then... You get a flash, and you see gear, you just see the sword sticking in the ground. He goes Super Saiyan too. Hey, he, oh yeah, he, he feifies. He's like he, he does like a red aura, and he's like, Aah. yeah, he goes Super Saiyan, and no, then it starts super into like a black aura. Super Fee. Super Super Fian. Yeah, because he reminds me so much of Fee. He's basically like the evil form of Fee. Demise Instead of being Fee. the hero's yeah. weapons, like personification it's the demon ultimate bad guys weapons personification yeah absolutely it's true he uh so, when, he, when he emerges from his power obsession <laughs> he's got a, a very a very sharp black and white design uh almost looks like a chessboard kind of thing going on because uh, he has gray diamond patterns and stuff it's actually uh it's really cool it's a little bit symbolic, I feel like, because he is kind of a, like, you don't know this yet, but he he is kind of like a chess piece in this whole game. <laughs> you know, he's he's someone who is ultimately being used, but you don't know that quite yet. He was made, I'm guessing, at the same time Fee was as like a, a countermeasure. Uh, basically, yeah, a lot of the stuff that Demise seems to do in this game uh, very much mimics things that Hylia does. Even just trying to resurrect, like he's trying to steal Hylia's soul to do that because Hylia's soul can do that, whereas his own really doesn't. So it's one of those things where he's he's the evil sword, right? But it's really cool. You you end up in this fight. He shows himself as a sword and he even walks a few steps. And you can hear when he steps, it makes a metal sound on his platform. It goes like chink, chink, chink. Like it's just mm. he's taken on a form that is closer to his true form. Yeah. I also love um, what he says to you, too. Before you fight yeah. him, when he's walking on his platform, he goes, 
If only I'd put you in your place from the very beginning. You show a human a little mercy, and the next thing you know, they think themselves your equal. And then he's like, I had to maintain dignity, so I let you run with your life twice. And like a normal human who would run in fear and try to run away forever and scour away, you, you come back. Why? And he's just like so confused by you. He doesn't understand. Yeah, he says again and, and again, again and again. Yeah. Yeah. And then he describes what he plans to do to you. And it's um exactly oh, yeah, what yeah. you end up doing to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show you a method I call the endless plunge. And he basically describes the battle of I'm gonna knock you off this platform until you fall to your death and we do all this. It's whole a humiliating thing. death. Yeah, and then that's basically just a description of the actual fight that you're having is is it's, it's a big sumo match. You're just trying to knock each other off the arena. And it was the easiest. He literally thing tells ever. you how to do it. Yeah, and it's in red. Yeah. I don't know if it was in your guys' game, but in this one, no, it's, it's in pink, red yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I literally paused on that. He's like, I'm going to overwhelm you with a flurry of blows until you get to the edge, and I'm going to knock you off. And I'm like, thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're on. He had, a, he had a few cool moves later on where he would catch your sword and then do a flip behind you. So whatever progress you made, he immediately reversed it on you. Never saw it. Wait, he did that? He did yeah, that. Yeah, what? It was a really what? cool flip. The only thing he ever did to me was try to punch me twice and try to kick me three times. And other than that, I just pushed him to the edge and knocked him off every time. It was pathetically easy. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a hard ball. Like Even with the counter move, he would never follow up with anything. So then you could just walk behind him again and keep pushing. So I'm not saying like he trounced me with the flips like he didn't. (laughs) It It was still a pretty straightforward, pretty easy thing to do until you get him to the ground and then things change up. So you do the endless plunge. You have to knock him off like three or four times. And then he'll fall all the way back to the bottom of the sealed grounds. And you go down with him. And then, because every time you knock him down a, a step, you do the finishing blow from like, I don't know, 40 meters up in the air. Pretty cool. And then he gets up and he's, you know, he's all angry. He he pulls out his regular blade, the one that he's been fighting you with the entire game. Mm-hmm. A little right And here. you have to go through an actual gear of him fight. Yeah. Uh, where he'll basically do... A powered up slash that sends like a red disc towards you that you can deflect just by matching the shape, basically like doing a vertical or horizontal cut. Uh, and then uh, all of his other tricks are kind of the same, where he'll do like the sword positioning thing, or he'll throw you know ninja stars at you or whatever. Like he he just has a lot of the same a lot of the same move set. I figured you could deflect his skyward strike attack, but I never actually tried. I just always dodged to the left or right and avoided all three of them in a row. Yeah, you can cut it back normal. There were a few times where I did a skyward strike and cut back, and then you get a red and blue disc going back at him, but I don't know if it actually did extra damage or not. Ooh. But, you know, it seemed like the right thing to do in the moment. <laughs> and I, I guess it's just a little something we forgot to mention, if it's even worth mentioning, but the only thing you can do to damage him is just stab, because we're aiming at a crystal in his chest, so any other slash doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm terrible at stabbing. So what I would do is whenever he gave me an opening, I would try to get to one of his shoulders, basically, so that my slash would hit him in the chest. Oh, that, that works. That works. Oh. Yeah. As long as you're angled right, because otherwise you'll just hit his shoulder and it won't do anything. I didn't think it would, but that's good to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm ter- like, the Wii, the Wiimote is so bad at stabbing. Like, it's not even funny. You can't. <laughs> You can't rely on it for anything. The Joy-Con's not even the best at it, because, like, if you accidentally move the other one while you're trying to do a stab, you'll do a slash, like, you'll do the powered-up spin slash instead. Yeah. It it just reads any other input, and it can do anything unless you're just doing the stab. Yeah, we the Wiimote had the same issue, because if you wave the nunchuck to, same thing, it would do a spin move instead. 
Yeah. And they're tethered together. So if you're swinging one, odds are you're also like yeah, that, trying to move the other one. That's worse. Stuff, so. Mine are not. They're only tethered to my wrists. Yeah, and uh, once you uh, once you do the Girahim part, and yeah, you know you, you knocked his rapier out of his hand a few times. You do the stabby stab stab stab. We get to the next part of the boss fight because we're not done yet. And this time he trades his rapier and he gets a giant great sword. And it's a it's a checkered greatsword. And what I like to call this part of the fight, I like to call this part of the fight bamboo simulator training lived in real life. <laughs> because all this fight is is cutting down the sword in little pieces so that you can finally strike him again. I it's just bamboo training. I because the thing is like he he'll he'll position the sword differently and you have to keep cutting the same way on uh, according to the position of the sword to cut it in half basically because it's checkered like every time you cut you knock you knock a, a checker off of it basically like you knock a, a square out of it and you're you're basically digging your way through the center of the blade by doing that i thought i had to do it way faster than i actually had to do it I did not realize that once you cut it once, he'll just hold that sword up and, and let you figure it out. He gives you like a full oh, yeah. two and a half seconds just to figure out what you need yeah. to do. And here I was like doing the goddess tornado and he kept countering me because I was going too fast and I wouldn't hit it right. So don't do that. Don't do the goddess tornado. <laughs> just just, no. just be patient. Watch back what he forth, does. Back and forth. And respond to it and you'll be fine. And uh, that's his last step. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Right. I was really strapped for time at this point, and so with like 35 seconds in, I couldn't figure out exactly what I needed to do to deal damage to him, so I actually looked it up real quick. Mm. Makes sense. I just saw, like, you have to break his sword, and I was like, and then I just figured the rest out for myself, and it was easy once I knew that, but, like, I was hitting his sword, and I just didn't notice the little parts of it that were getting knocked out, and I didn't even know I was making progress anyways. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, like, at 8 o'clock when I was like, I have... <laughs> I didn't have much time left to beat the game because strapped for time. So I was like, I, I don't want to figure it out. I gotcha. But yeah, you get this guy down and he's mad. I mean, and the one line that sticks out to me is when he says he's he's been driven to his knees by a simple child of man. Um, I don't know. It just it just seemed really cool. Like he was just he was just so he's surprised that you could even be it. a formidable opponent. Yeah. But then uh, you've been playing into his hand this whole time. Yeah, because the ritual's finally finished. He's been doing it while we were fighting him for a year. The whole time. I love what I, I love the line he says though before we get to that part. It's the very last line before before, you know, the whole resurrection scene. He goes, Boy, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that line so much. He's like, What are you? I can't win. <laughs> he just like has a moment of just weakness. It links like a demon to him. Because you can't beat him. Yeah, it's it's the first moment that Girahim's actually recognized what you're capable of. Every other time, he's just, like, scoffed you off. Been like, you got lucky. You know, I just wasn't feeling it. I don't have time to mess with you. I'm being merciful. You're lucky I let you live. But this time, he's really like, I, I just I can't beat you. What the heck are you? It's the first time he recognizes you as, like, an equal enemy. He even mocked you at yeah. the beginning of the battle, saying, you think you're my equal? And right here, he admits it. Yep. Yeah, it's about time, really. Or even you're better, the way he says, what are you? He's like, you're better than me. Like, I just can't beat you. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yeah. I so love it. I love this so much. The ritual is complete. And so we see Zelda kind of in distress. Like, he, Girahim basically put her up in the air. Like all the villains do, they can just make Zelda float. <laughs> uh, so she's been up there kind of writhing in pain this whole time. Oh. And yeah, suddenly, like, a huge golden light comes shooting out of her. 
and it feeds right into the mouth of Toothy, who I think comes out of the ground right where Gearham's standing, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And he eats the light. He just, like, noms it down. It's like, all right, I guess so. And that purple light. I mean, he's, like, 45% mouth, so it makes sense. <laughs> right. Uh, and he goes through his transformation, and before you, you find the form of a man, <laughs> but with, like, charcoal skin. And has the scales that Toothy had covering Hold on. about 60% of his body. And he has flames for hair. Before before we do this. What's up? <laughs> I There's a scene where Girihim, once, once Toothy's laughing, Girihim goes, don't you see? It's all over. You and you're kind of lost. And when he's saying this, he goes, ha, 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 ha. But if you, don't, <laughs> if you don't click through the text, he will just keep laughing oh yeah and at this point my dog uh was playing with the other dog and hurt my girlfriend's dog and so i had to go check what was happening and i was probably gone for like 10 minutes trying to like get the dog situated i come back and gary him still like are you not Bro. are you not like out of breath <laughs> have you breathed <laughs> Dude, I had a similar experience. I got to that scene without even realizing it, and I went to uh, text my girlfriend, and that just kept playing in my headphones. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I was done sending it. I'm like, wait, he's still laughing? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I really so wish happy. I had seen this. <laughs> yeah. You can go to YouTube and, like, probably hear the laugh, but, like, it There's won't be on TV. Like a 10-hour version of it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Gary, Gary Kim's laugh. 10 hours. That's that's the scene where he's got like all the fire around in the background, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh so this is the arrival of Demise in his uh non imprisoned form. He's got a big scar yep. like up on his forehead. The dude looks like he's part dragon. Yeah. That's kinda how it comes across. He's got glowing red yellow eyes. Nameless yeah. King vibes from Dark Souls three. For sure. Yeah, he's he's a huge imposing character. That's how I felt comes out and, and like gear him basically says hey welcome back you know <laughs> and then demise doesn't even turn to look at him he just puts out his arm and like, summons the sword from out of gear chest he knocks him out and then grabs the sword flies out of him and gear him starts but gear loves it he's laughing yeah he's laughing hysterically <laughs> he's gone insane yeah and the sword comes flying out of him and he just basically folds the form of gear just kind of falls apart there and he grabs the sword and then he goes into the sword does he really yeah girihim's like aura once he pulls the sword out of him uh demise grabs the sword and then girihim turns into like a orangish dust cloud of fairy magic and then he goes into the sword like he does instead of he's like blue aura it's girihim's like orange aura and he goes into the sword and then the crystal on demise's sword lights up Kirahim is so like much Kirahim's more capable. Chest. Like he's actually out here doing stuff, and Fee's just giving us like yeah. random probabilities that she's just pulling out of nowhere. There's an eighty percent chance. This is a seventy-eight percent chance. Kirahim's out here getting through dungeons and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Kirahim is not treated like an actual character. Demise is clearly just like, yeah, you're a weapon. Stop talking. Yeah, that's that's the whole attitude there you can kind of see you almost feel bad for the guy dynamic is like pretty much I'm like he did put in a lot of work he did have to fight me like three times before this happened you're like yeah hey, when this is all over let's go get some coffee yeah you're but, back let's go let's go grab a bite <laughs> <laughs> all right but uh yeah once once Girihim gets absorbed into the sword and 
that happens, we hear the Demon King himself address Link for the first time. And praise us. Right? Does this dude, right off the bat, like, yeah, he's evil, okay? He's evil, evil, but he's got those, like, Ganondorf vibes where he's polite about it. He's like, hey, you know, hey, what up? You know, I'm here. Hey, how you doing? I'm not going like, to kill you immediately. You know, well, I think the like they, I think yeah. the first thing he does is he looks up at Zelda, right? Yeah. Didn't he say like, "Oh, so Hylia's given up her her form and taken on the form of a mortal." Yeah. She's like this bag of flesh pales in comparison to the magnificence of her previous form. Um, which is yeah. cool because like Demise would have known Hylia's previous form. Like we never get to see that, but um, but he would have. So he uh he basically chucks her at the wall and uh and she she would take. <laughs> considerable damage if it but was. But, update. <laughs> we get the best cutscene. <laughs> right? This is, uh, this might be the second or third best cut. It's, it's probably, you know what, we could put it at the top. I do love this cutscene. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> face. He, he is like, just beaten feet. Yeah. It's like straight up Barry Allen over here comes speeding down the runway. He's got, he's got like, wily e. Coyote dust clouds behind him. <laughs> Don't worry, Link, I got this. <laughs> yeah. Link looks like he's about to try to do something about it, but he's clearly not in position. <laughs> huge, huge surprise. Like, Groose came to the past to do this, right? Because um, he would never come through the past portal before. Uh, but he was sent, well, I guess, for this kind of. I mean, it's lucky that he was here. He comes, comes barreling down. He's like, I got this. And he does a huge dive catch. And they both go into the wall, but they're together. So he, I guess he pads the fall or whatever. And it's it's pretty cool. Um, and that's when Demise turns to you and starts telling you about, so you and this other human would dare defy me, basically. He's like, all the humans that I've known were weak and cowardly, and they would run away like ants every time I would appear. He's like, there's there's something different about Shivering you Shivering under rocks. Yeah, and he, he says it's like it's a marvel that those things begot somebody like you that can like stand here thinking yourself as my equal and ready to challenge me in battle instead of running away screaming like cowards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a fascinated by you, too. It's uh, it's really cool. I mean, not that, you know, the people that he's used to are all cowards, but it's just, it's like one of those things where it was like, why did Hylia have to wait for thousands of years for there to be a hero born? It's like, well, apparently the people of Hylia's age were, were overly dependent on her. Yeah, he said they would like, they would cower at her feet and just... And pray for her to defend them. Yeah. It kind of brings more into that. You know, the Triforce was left with the people. Gods can't use it. You know, this concept of Hylia becoming immortal and waiting all of this time for there to be a hero. It, it kind of just, it speaks to that. The people needed to grow. Like the people needed to kind of toughen up and learn how to take care of themselves and learn how to take responsibility. And and then they would have produced a hero that could come back and do this. I guess you could say that hard times create strong men. <laughs> Which is also okay. weird because Skyloft <laughs> is full of a lot of weaklings, just saying. Like 80% of that population is is pretty weak, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but I mean... Uh, albeit from a few. Albeit from a few. <laughs> like Pippet. And Groose and Link. Aegis, man. Aegis could take on Demise. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Scrapper versus Demise. Yeah. Show that little robot what's <laughs> Oh, another heavy load, huh? <laughs> Can't get over here, short pants. Just chucks him into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, what are you going to do? Tell me a joke, Carrot Head? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Calls him Carrot Top. <laughs> yeah, Carrot Top. That's throw, what I meant. Throw, throw, throws a water basin at him. 
Dude, that would be Scrapper's attitude, too. Yeah. Until he gets utterly annihilated. (laughs) He was pretty weak when it came to combat for some reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Big bark, no bite. It's all good. So yeah, he um he he ends up telling you that he will prepare a place for us to fight. Uh, if you're still interested in that, like if you wanna if you wanna go back home and spend what little time you have left, you know, cowering and crying, go ahead. But uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and make a place that we can fight without distractions because I guess he was frustrated by what happened with Cruz. <laughs> uh, and I like what he said, where he's like, "If you truly wanna raise a blade against the world that I will create." I've waited eons to return. I can spare a few moments to let you decide. I kind of like that because he kind of almost, it almost made me think of Ganon, you know, like he's like, this is the world I will create. And then I thought immediately of Ocarina of Time where Ganon had created that whole different Hyrule that we got to see. It kind of reminded me, you know, a little callback to that. Like that's the kind of world that Demise wants. As yeah, well. it, it really, it sets yeah. the stakes too. It, he's like reminding you like the fate of the world and everything in it rests on you beating me or yeah. or what i'm gonna do to you is basically what he's saying yeah so prepare all you'd like oh. yeah and then he Wait, says just yeah. remember that when you when you fall it will mean like the entire subjugation and destruction of of everything and that's like right when he disappears yeah he'll reiterate that too but you know Groose also kind of shouts you that hey there's some time for that it'll take for for demise to actually fully absorb hylia's soul so there's actually still a chance that we can save it yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty regular trope (laughs) like oh yeah there's still time like you know the soul's not completely lost you know go go ahead and i don't know fight for it still there's hope otherwise you you would think like hey he just ate that soul is that game over yeah right (laughs) okay we're gonna get zelda back no more zelda no more hylia so of course me i was like hey i just used up a fairy or two in that last fight let me go restock a little bit i was down to like you know my last five hearts or something i was like i should probably go at least sit on a bench or something so i went back up to the the seal temple or the temple of hylia and um Gruce and impa were sitting there and they both kind of said like yep it's all up to you now like even Gruce was like hey you know like zelda's doing all right i guess this counts as like a midway Gruce update again there's like there's a couple of these but you know he says wow that was way too close imagine what would have happened if i wasn't able to pull off one of my famous Gruce maneuvers <laughs> And I was like, yes, bro. Every time. But it was a good maneuver. Like, I can't fault him for that. It was pretty cool. It was, but he never misses a chance at self-backpatting. Yeah, and then he's like, man, just get, you know, it's all up to you. Like, just take care of that demise guy, okay? Yeah, easy peasy. And there's another Grease line to throw out there that I forgot to mention. He does call Demise a Grease Wad. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> like does. When he's leaving through the portal. And I'm like, Grease, why do you have every good line in this game? Give <laughs> <laughs> all to you. So it's pretty cool. I went back, sat on the bench, talked to them. They're like, yeah, it's all up to you. It's all up to you. I'm like, you know, you you guys both can fight. Like, you could come with me. <laughs> you know, you know if there was ever a but- live casting of Skyward Sword, I'm not saying that this game is, you know, over Ocarina of Time. If there was ever a live casting of Skyward Sword, I swear I want Jim Carrey as Groose, because that would be the best. I know he's not a young kid, but like that would be amazing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he would fit the role very well. So we go to the sealed grounds once we prepare, once we sleep on some benches, do any last <laughs> upgrading for items and weapons that you may want. I don't know why, because you don't need any of them for this fight. Maybe you can go get the Hylian shield. That'll save you some trouble, because I'll get to something that bothered me in this fight. I should have got that. Yeah, you should have. And we get to the point. Oh, all right. Because I I messed up. 
halfway through this fight. But we go to the purple aura on the ground that Demise created for us, and Fee's like, Hey, just wanted to let you know that there's a 0% chance that you're going to be able to come back if you go through this portal. Are you sure you're ready to go? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. A 0% chance unless you defeat your enemy. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't already know that. Great, Fee, thanks. Dude, <laughs> you know, I kind of felt like this might be a duel. But <laughs> I'm glad that you, you really made that clear. Right. And if I like- lose, I'm not coming back. So I, I thought it was weird because so the way the portal looks is there's a, a really dark circle, which is the actual one you stand on when you do it. There's an outer ring of darkness that I thought I'd have to walk onto for Fee to talk to me. Then there's an invisible ring around it that Fee will actually talk to you at. So when I was trying to run past it to save my game, Fee pops out. She's like, you ain't going to be able to come back. I'm like, yeah, I'm not trying to go yet, actually. If you didn't notice, I'm like running past it. It's over there. So if you could, like, leave me alone, it'd be great. <laughs> and then so Link walks, like, three steps away from the invisible circle. I'm like, oh, okay, now I know where my boundaries are. Just just a fee moment. Hilarious. Yep. She does She does wish you good luck moment. before you go, which is, like, really out of character for her. Uh, she also says, like, I will always, I'll be there, in there with you, too. Right. Like, if you need any analysis, you know, press the down on the D-pad. <laughs> it's like she's she's <laughs> acknowledging this is such a serious fight that she's not going to interrupt you in it. Right, but there's no. I thought I just thought it was normally she's quoting odds, you know, like giving statistics of probabilities and things. Well, she like did. That. She gave you a zero percent probability that you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> right, but like, why would a why would a a robotic figure like that then say good luck? Like that's so like luck is not a logic thing. Like is like a well, no probability, like a but yeah, kind of wish. It's just it's just it's just. The first hint at something that's happening with Fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets revealed. We're, we're rubbing off on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So then we take uh, the portal and we end up at uh, the end of the world from Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, or the or the Dark Link fight from Ocarina of Time without the trees and or rocks. Yeah, exactly. The tree. Yeah. Or the Nameless King fight from Dark Souls three. Yo, you know we're 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 in a big endless field of water that's still enough to act like a mirror, but <laughs> just looks or really the cool. fight with Rom from Bloodborne. But we're basically yeah. standing on top of the water, or it's super shallow. Yeah, and there's clouds around, and it's a little foggy outside of the area you're supposed to be in. And demise makes sure, you know, he says, you know, take in your surroundings, uh, really appreciate them because <laughs> it's be your tomb, eternity. <laughs> How nice of him! <laughs> that's a very pretty tomb, I would say. It is. Well. Kind of, till it becomes not so pretty in like five seconds. It's going to become his tomb. <laughs> Actually, some uh, else will. But yeah, he, he gives you some descriptions of his uh, his motivations in life. Namely, he, he hates the gods and, you know. Everything they like, which is people, so hates them too. Yeah. Mm, he's going to give you a taste of all his hate. Yeah, again, if you fail, you know, everybody's going to be <laughs> be submitted to him and, you know, he's all subjugation and all that. Like, it's just going to be this... He's just going to rule over everything for all eternity once he wins. Iron Fist style. And he also says try to keep it interesting for him because he doesn't think that you're going to put up any fight. He's like, please yeah, keep he, it interesting uh, for me. He's delighted at the misplaced valor of you being there to fight him. Like, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to show. <laughs> I mean, realistically, he's right. He did. I mean, look at the size of his arms and look at the size of Link's arms. <laughs> he can do so many more push-ups than Link. I mean, if if this wasn't... If this wasn't a video game, I'm pretty sure that Master Sword would have got knocked out of Link's hand on the first or second hit, because that guy would be hitting him like a well, see, literal truck. It's not about blocking the strikes from the sword. It's about dodging and slicing. That's, that's what it's about. Okay, so Link's using agility then? 
Yeah, it'd be pretty funny if he came out and she was like, "Hey, so yeah. so this one's not about power; it's about speed. You gotta you have to duck and weave." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the p- typical power trope of speed beats power, power beats technique, techniques beats power or speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's silly. All right, so who wants to talk <laughs> about the the fight with Firehead? The actual fight. Yeah. Uh, you swing at him. <laughs> And he blocks. Yeah. But it, as long as you don't stop swinging at him, you'll eventually hit him. And then he'll get mad and he'll hit you back. Uh, you can counter his hits with your shield or you can get out of the way if you know that they're coming. And it's it's a trudge because he doesn't take a lot of hits before he retaliates. At least not in the beginning section. One or two. Yeah. Yeah. You. That's a, like the most you can get. If you want to get two or three, if you want to go there... You can get it, but you're also going to get hit. <laughs> but eventually, once you uh, get through that part, you get to an area where, like, when you finally get to hit him the next time, he just gets hit, like, eight times in a row, being all dramatic, going the direction of your sword, like, ooh, 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 ooh. and then that yeah. that's the transition to the next part. Yeah. So you get those good hits. I, I will say, before you get to the next part, though, um, I, I, I asked Fee for some information on demise because you know how you can always lock onto something and then have fee come out and tell you about what kind of creature it is how many you fought stuff like that i don't do it a lot but for this fight i was like you know what there's probably something there's probably a good nugget in here somewhere um so i did i uh i used fee's little information center and she describes demise as such this eternal being has conquered time itself. It is the source of all monsters. And she goes on to say that there's a legend, like according to legend anyway, uh, it, it appears differently in each epoch and to each person who lays eyes on it. And then she goes on to say that in this, in this zone, in this dimension, this pocket, whatever it is that he's created, in this arena, basically, you will not be able to use Skyward Strikes. I guess he sealed the fight off from uh, Hylia's power, I guess. I don't know how that works, but uh, I guess Skyward Striking just will not work, for, at least not for the first part of this. She doesn't say that. She just says you can't do Skyward Strikes. And I'm pretty certain that I listened to that the first time I played the game as well, uh, which will mm. trip you up because in the second phase of this fight, you actually do need to do Skyward Strikes. You need to do Lightning Strikes. Right, but you do you hold your sword skyward the same way, and here I was thinking, oh, there's no reason for me to ever hold my sword skyward. Fee already told me no, so that was rough. I also love how to go on with Fee's uh, like analysis of the fight. She also says uh, the probability that a single strike of your sword will injure Demise Master is exactly zero percent. However. Vigilance is required because any attack falling near Demise's sword has a 100% of chance of being blocked. And I'm like, wait, so how? <laughs> like, you said zero, and then I can't injure him, and every block will be attacked near the sword. What you talk about, Fee? Makes no sense. Give me these probabilities. <laughs> so I guess your only hint after that, then, would be that every time he discharges his sword, he holds it up in the air the same way that Link does to do his Skyward Strike to recharge his. Right. So basically, the second phase of this, Demise calls in a big lightning storm into his into his arena here that's free from distractions. And <laughs> he'll hold his sword in the air to charge it and then basically unleash a giant wave of electricity at you. But if you hold your sword up in the air... You can, if you do it early enough, you can actually steal the lightning and you'll be the only one who has it. And if you do it a little bit later than that, you'll both get it and then you'll have to kind of avoid his before you can use yours. 
So pretty much you're winning because this lightning seems to favor you. And if you hit him with a with a lightning powered skyward strike, you can do it from a distance. It will stun him to the ground and you can run up and hit him a whole bunch. Do that a few times and he'll fall on the ground and it'll give you the opportunity to do the finishing blow. The finishing blow was made, I feel like, specifically to be a one up to the infamous Wind Waker finishing blow. Because uh, in that mm-hmm. game, there's another there's another final strike in the game that's like incredible. Yes. This one, you jump and do a flip and the lightning strikes your blade as you're midair. Uh, and then you plunge it down into him. And that is like the last move of the game. The first time I did it, he he's actually, he's not down forever. Like you actually have to be close enough and you have to do it within the time that they give you. Because like he can dodge roll. He can dodge roll. So I, the first time I did it, he did that. Like I was up in the air, got the lightning, came down and like inches away from him. He just rolls off to the side and stands back up. And it was like he did that to me. this so lightning annoying. blade into the ground. I was like, that was a really cool exchange, but I kind of am mad that I have to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Because visually, it was stunning. I was like, this is amazing. All right. So there was a part when I was fighting him, I only had the goddess shield, which ah, right about the part transitioning from the first part to the lightning phase, my goddess shield broke because I used it too many times. Doing that fight without a shield is so annoying. I I broke my fully upgraded goddess shield. So, so sad. did you just become a flip wizard after that? You just kept doing backflips and stuff? I, I was a ninja. The agility yeah. over power. That's what happened. And there's a little strategy that I found. <laughs> I actually didn't find it. I found it on the internet. But you can use the bug net. And you know, remember the eyeballs from the very beginning of the game that if you swing your sword in circles, they'll just follow the sword? Yeah. So you take the bug net out and you swing the bug net in circles around his face and he'll follow the bug net with his eyes. And he mm. won't attack you in that time. <laughs> and if you can do a very quick, fast transition from the bug net to your sword, you can get in hits. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, like, it it won't kill him because, like, the Skyward Strike stuff, but, like... Link can effectively enthrall the demon lord that's threatening to destroy the world with a bug net. Yeah. I mean, I would I imagine if I was demise, I'd be pretty confused. <laughs> well, what's he planning? <laughs> what is this? It it'd be so preposterous yeah. that I would I would assume that there was a trick. Like I would look at it and be like, if I touch that net, something bad happens, huh? <laughs> like, there's no reason why you wouldn't at least try to strike me with it. The bluff. And it's even around, more like, ridiculous so. when you have the big one, because it's like the size of his head. Yeah, I have the big one. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. wish I would have tried that. Yeah, you I mean, can. You still you can, can still try it. Yeah, I can. Uh, it's great. But though, yeah, like, the first yeah, time I yeah. died in that fight, I I tried to be a flip wizard like Anthony, but I failed. The the first part of the fight is hard to be a flip wizard because he has he has that like really quick side strike after the second strike, and it's really hard to dodge that yeah. one. Yeah, you gotta like anticipate and back up before he even gets into striking mode. I had my uh, my shield throughout the whole first one. Yeah, I never lost my shield. I mean, I had the Hylian shield, so I couldn't lose it, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't even have a fully upgraded goddess shield. I think I had a single upgraded one. Nice. And it still heals itself. You just have to pace yourself, which I didn't do. I was using it to block every second and then crash. Yeah, no, I didn't pace. So, uh, yeah, so we killed Demise via combat. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And um, he goes into this speech where he basically tells you, you know, like he, he, he congratulates you in a sense. He, he shows that he respects you, similar to the way that Ganondorf uh, would. You know, he's, he's very much like, you're a paragon of your kind. Like, I've never met a man or a demon who fights as you do. Uh, Can we also say Girahim dies? Girahim? Did you guys notice? Oh, we well, never see I him again. Say Ryan, uh, the sword just vanishes into dust after Oof. the fight. Oh and yeah, Girahim looks I at his or not Girahim. Demise looks at his hand. He like flips his hand over after he was holding the sword, and it just turned into dust. And I was like, no! Like I actually was like, I was like, I need to talk to Girahim. I need to turn him into a new leaf. And then yeah, he like stabs the sword into the ground, and then it just kind of Thanos yeah. snaps away. It's really sad. And they should pull, like, an oob story, you know, to reference Dragon Ball Z again, where Boo dies and comes back as a good guy. I mean, I don't know if we ever see eh. a sword quite like that again in the series. We see nah, swords Gary that are not kind needed. of similar. Ganondorf has his own sword, but it's not exactly the same. No. Right. But, I mean, then again, there hasn't been a Ganondorf since Skyward Sword, so so it might be like the Master Sword, where we've never, quote-unquote, seen Fee again, either. But, you know... We've seen weapons that are kind of similar to the one in Skyward Sword. So maybe maybe he is still out there. Well, we just don't know it. The True. reason for that is the reason for Fee never being seen again is explained after this. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, so so he tells you, so Demise tells you that this isn't the end. Um, that he's, you know, he, he's putting a curse on you, basically, That's a, that will follow the blood of the goddess and the spirit of the hero. Um, and, he, you know, he says that those two things are basically bound to this curse. Uh, he says an incarnation of my hatred will will mm -hmm. basically, you know, follow you so that you're always living in a world of darkness and bloodshed and all these things. And the I, way you know, he I didn't have the exact phrase up, but I'm sure that we'll reference this in future future seasons of the show. Yeah, no, he says an incarnation of my hatred shall ever follow your kind dooming them to wander a blood-soaked sea of darkness for all of time. What a way with words this man has. Like, Yeah, and that's after translations. Right? He's a very eloquent man. Then he also turns he Thanos dusts too. Yep. Yeah, so we finally defeat him. In, in, in and you know what's sense. the best part of, of this whole like end scene, though, with the clouds and Link? Is when he's defeated and Link looks at the sword that starts glowing, his master sword, you see the best like snapshot of the fire shield earrings that you could possibly get in the game <laughs> just right there right on his ear it's great of all the things you could have referenced full zoom full, <laughs> full zoom, zoom. <laughs> got it i think uh yeah yeah that's the scene where i think you absorb him right you know you're like yeah the dust ends up going back into the sword at that point we never really but... thought about it too much but yeah we caught our first pokemon in skyward sword <laughs> 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 Would you like to give a nickname to Demise? <laughs> Greasewad. <laughs> Greasewad. <laughs> so, so we end up going back uh, back to the temple, and we meet Zelda and Groose there. Don't forget about Impa. Well, Impa's there too, but her, her scene kind of comes in a minute. Basically, Groose says, nice going, you two. You were totally amazing in this adventure I like to call The Legend of Groose. <laughs> And then he's like, he says, yeah, that was just a little joke. And then I think Impa encourages him. He's like, joke or no joke, like you were actually a huge help and you've come a long way. And he's like, yeah, you know, I just, I want to, you know, I'm just glad I was able to help out, you know. And I don't know, it's really cool. It's like, it's kind of like the the final words of Groose. Like we don't really hear him say much else in the end of this game, but it just kind of shows how far he actually has come. 
where, you know, he he kind of recognizes who he's been by making that joke. He's, yeah, like the legend of Groot. Because like, he's like, yeah, I was all about me. I'm not like that anymore. So I think we need a parody spinoff uh, called The Legend of Zelda Groot's Word Sword. Groot's Word Sword. So that's what okay. I'm coming to here. Or we either play through this game at Groose's, like perspective, or we just get a whole new side story for Groose. Yeah, you do like little side missions to set up the track and everything like that. This is my new ship. <laughs> <laughs> Groose and Zelda. Oh, I mean Groose and The Legend of Zelda, the game series. Not Zelda, the character in it. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Zelda, I think she, she kind of says like some words about how it's finally over and this is great. Um, but then Fee kind of pops out and says, Master, I need to talk to you about something. Uh, basically brings you over to the pedestal where the sword... Uh, not even where the sword would be in the future. Like It's kind of like a whole new spot, I think, for it. It's right in the middle of the sealed temple. Uh, and she goes through... This whole bit about like, you know, we've, we've done so much together. I mean, she she talks more robotically and uses a bunch of big technical words that I'm not going to try to even quote because uh, I don't have the quote in front of me and I don't want to look it up. So, well, you know, she just says, I mean, it doesn't matter, but she's just like a master. You achieved the purpose you were chosen to fulfill. Please set the sword in the pedestal and bring the goddess's mission to an end. And then and she goes, now, master, it is time to conclude our necessary companionship necessary companionship really really fee yeah she's a robot come on man <laughs> it's she's not wrong like there was a necessary companionship was it was it did link in ocarina of time need fee no no I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding she was she was pretty cool uh, well that's actually a fair point but i think you need scrapper and scrapper loves fee so <laughs> fee is actually necessary only to get scrapper to to do what you want guys housing <laughs> though like fee does the, the oh fee does though. she does okay yeah <laughs> well yeah best part so of the game right there uh fee's farewell theme is pretty dope the uh the actual music that they play for this scene um yeah and she she goes on to say that she's going to rest now basically forever uh in in the sword that's been put away as we go to walk away she has to interrupt us one final time it's nice to see her journey that she talks about if you remember yeah. like she talked about her journey with you she's like when i first awoke i perceived this as merely serving my function as a servant to her grace however after all of this i've come to consider the information corresponding to our time together among the most precious data i have on record oh i thank you yeah, Kawaii. She kind of leans towards like. Also, I was kind of becoming sentient. <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah, she goes into how she's not sure, but she thinks that the thing most commonly referred to by humans is happiness that she's feeling. Uh, but that she feels her consciousness fading as you know the master sword's been put away, and she's she's kind of going into her sleep, mm -hmm. which I guess is a, a forever sleep. So you know she's she's saying goodbye as if she were dying in this moment. Um, but really, she's still going to be within the sword. Uh, and she, she says, may we meet again in another life. Uh, well, before she says that, she, she says, I want to say something to you that I've heard so many people say to you on our journey so far. Uh, thank you, Master Link, right? Like, just goes into that, may we meet again in another life. And it, it becomes this moment of like, wow, you know, Fee really did start out as this, this super robotic, super cold, just source of information. And now she's, effectively going through this moment of no i actually kind of almost 
have feelings. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it kind of just goes through that when she said good luck to us before the fight and, and now having this farewell moment. A lot of people have mixed feelings about this. Like in some cases, this is the most emotional point of this ending is Fee's farewell. And a lot of people are like, well, they didn't really earn it. Fee's farewell shouldn't be that emotional because she really just has been all statistics this whole time. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. I think it's effective. I didn't cry during the scene or anything, but. No, but know, Link almost looked like he did. I thought it was cool. It's just that Fee feels more like a game mechanic than an actual character most of the time. That's why the scene doesn't. I would kind of agree that the, the it doesn't really deserve the intensity that it got. Yeah. Because they do just blatantly treat her as a game mechanic that says, you know, the same repetitive things every time you try to use her for basically any function. They could have put a little variety in there to give her some character, but they didn't. I agree. Very one-dimensional, outside of cutscenes. All that I've talked about her throughout this podcast, though, I do really love the text we get where she's like, our journey together has been among my most precious data. Like, that... That hit me. Hit me hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a good line. It's a good line. Mm-hmm. Oh. It just, I think one of the things that sells it for me is that because she is so cut and dry, uh, it makes <laughs> it so that Fee wouldn't say anything unless she meant it, you know? Like, I think that's where the power of the scene comes from, is the fact that she's willing to say these things, even if, in reality, they're based in emotions and opinion, <laughs> um, because she actually considers it truth so it's um i don't know i just thought it was a cool moment yeah yeah that's a good point yeah that's true now we get another powerful scene yeah so then uh you turn away from that whole situation and start heading back towards your friends friends um and zelda and Groose are trying to convince impa to come to the future with them and she's like nah i need to stay here and protect this she makes some solid points about how reliance on the triforce's power is uh, not good for humans. It's it's like a, a just asking for trouble, basically. So we need to secret it away when it's not in use. Um, so I'm going to stay here and defend it and make sure it doesn't get used, which is kind of a cool explanation of why the Triforce isn't just used all the time whenever something bad happens. Because uh, that, that comes up a lot in the critique of games like Ocarina of Time. Like, why didn't the king just use the Triforce? Or, you know, whatever. Um, it's very because, much so a double-edged sword that's hidden away for a good reason. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, goes through that whole thing. I have a responsibility. I think she even mentions that as a member of the Sheikah, uh, which are Hylia's chosen guardians or chosen, I don't know, servants, what have you, uh, she's going to fulfill her duty and stay there and do this thing, which is kind of like an origin story for the Sheikah. Like Hylia set set that whole thing up as well. So just some more lore building, some more world building for the rest of our, for the rest of our Legend of Zelda games as this thing was trying to do. Yeah. And then right before we leave, Zelda gives Impa something to remember her by. A bracelet. Like a crystal-looking bracelet. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like it's this... got the Trathforces on it. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, the symbol of Hylia on it, wrapped around in a bracelet. That's cool. I think it's a bracer, actually, isn't it? Anyway, that's, that's just yeah. me. Something like but that. <laughs> it goes into... So we all go back to our present day. And the first thing that's revealed is that the old woman who's been helping us this whole time, who lives in the sealed temple, uh, also has that same bracer on. And if you've played this game before, you might have noticed she's had it since the beginning of the game. So so they weren't really trying to hide it. Like, they put a lot of stuff right in the beginning, like, all through. Like, she even has the teardrop, the white teardrop tattoo on her face. It's just faded with yeah. time. And um, she wears that same black robe skirt thing with the yellow, with, like, the orange-yellow pattern on it 
all of these details are still there, but um, but it really throws you off because the the impa of the future slash present is so squatted down and short, and yeah. has so much more going on, like in terms of clothing, even that it, it they like they really obscure it just enough to make this like, a major reveal. But yeah. when you play the game a second time. Every time you look at her, you're like, you're just Impa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was hard not to reveal this, too, to, like, you know, to Cameron and just not say this on the podcast ever because it's like every time we talk about the old granny, it's just like, I know who this lady is. And it's it's, especially in the scenes where you see old granny and Impa in in the same scenes that we've had before. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So wait, how long did she live? Uh, about a thousand years, right? A thousand years, right? At at least a thousand. I mean, if we if we assume yeah. that the time shift stones are the same distance as the distance we travel to go back in time, then it have to be at least a thousand years for the thousand year Moldorak to make any sense. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, or the tree it might to be heal longer the than dragon. That. Yeah, yeah. Because the tree, they don't think they say how long the tree actually takes to grow. But yeah, if if we went by the the Taoist tree of life, that would be 3,000 years. <laughs> but uh, oh. the assumption is at least 1,000 years. It's been it's been a very long time. How is she still alive? Hylia, uh, man. Magic. Now, this is a question I want to bring up to you guys, because we know Impa and Ocarina of Time, right? And we, we know that the Sheikah themselves are tasked, now we know at least, they're tasked by Hylia to protect the Triforce and to protect the royal family in Ocarina of Time. I think that was passed down the royal family in turn with protecting the Triforce, also protecting the royal family as Zelda or, you know, Hylia's incarnation is part of that whole cycle. So where do they make Sheikahs? Like, is there like a school that you can go to to become a Sheikah? Because if Impa in the, this game, is there just incarnations of Sheikah? Like, and then we see in Breath of the Wild, there's a whole race of Sheikah. It seems like, whole, it's, like it's more like a secret society. Little conglomeration. Because yeah. there's only one Sheikah that we know of, I, which is Impa. And she never had kids. Yeah. I don't know. The, the secret society bit, though. It's like an Amazon tribe kind of thing to me. It's like there's a set group, and they're very specific, and they do their own thing, and that's the Sheikah. And in, in Ocarina of Time, they worked for... Uh, the Hyrule royal family, or they, they generally always do, but they're just like a secret tribe kind of amongst themselves is how I look at it. Yeah. I feel like genetics have to play at least a part in it. Like, it just seems like they've all had white hair, red eyes kind of thing going on. So yeah, it's like, like there has to be some kind of familial thing there, but maybe not. Maybe like if they attain a certain level of knowledge that's only available within the tribe, then they end up with white hair and red eyes. And that's just like a Hylian thing that happens. But I wouldn't know. Yeah. Maybe they're super, super dominant traits. So anyone that gets into it and, you know, has a kid, just they immediately get those traits. Um, Yeah, it's like uh, Star Wars where the baby's born with the force. So the Jedi take them away. It's like, oh, well, your baby's got white hair, red eyes. It's a Sheikah. Take him away. Oh, oh, it looked like you had a little Sheikah. Did you you know that your kid would be like, like have special skills when it comes to (laughs) to just like agility and dexterity, you know, knowledge of the world? Yeah. Okay. We're gonna have to take him away. (laughs) Your kid's got a quirk, (laughs) ma'am. But yeah, it's like it's crazy because Impa go stays in the past, and we know from the past that Hylia has already come, brought all the people up to Skyloft at this point. So currently in the past, when we defeated Demise and Girahim, the people of Skyloft are still in the sky at that point. So 
when would Impa have found time to like have a kid on Hyrule's ground, you know, overworld when, well, there's no people down there. So like, and then she just turns into dust. You know, the, the scene continues where, you know, we see that it's Impa in the future and she literally just turns into dust and like vanishes and the bracelet falls. And it's like, okay, uh, is that the end of the Sheikah? Here's what I'll... The Adventures of Groose? All I can say is that... The, all I can say is... That, stop. <laughs> all I can say is that the Sheikah are a very secretive group. <laughs> and so we wouldn't know that. Like, they wouldn't give us that information because then we would know too much. So... Right. It's like a magician never tells its secrets. Nintendo never tells the Sheikah. <laughs> right, they're, they're, they're the hidden... One day we might find out. One day. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, I think I think that the answer to how she lived so long was absolutely a Hylia thing. Uh, because when we finally realize it's Impa in the future, the very next thing that happens is that she starts glowing this yellow white light and particleizes away like she got snapped in the blip from, you know, Avengers yep. Endgame. So it's you know, <laughs> it's rough. She's she's just like, All right, I've done my like I fulfilled my purpose. I can I can fade away now and does. Mm-hmm. And so we get the end credits of the game kind of cuts to credit and we can see zelda's journey through the game you you can see her like showing up at the at the earth temple and trying to hide from monsters and stuff like that just some really cool details of her perspective as we went through this because she did spend a lot of time on the surface either being helped by impa or walking around alone and we get to see like some cuts of that don't want to get into all of them i feel like that's kind of part of the reward for beating the game you know and then at the very end there's another scene where Link and Zelda are up on the statue of the goddess with the Triforce just floating next to them. Uh, Link is playing the the ballad of the goddess on the harp while Zelda sings along. And we see Groose, Colin, and Stritch fly by on their loft wings and start heading out into the into the sky in the distance in the background. So just some cool stuff going on. Uh, Gapora ends up walking up. And at, at, in this moment, I gotta just admit, I was like, Gapora... Your daughter was missing for so long, and you barely batted an eye. Every time we would talk, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, she's doing her thing. I'm like, guy, right? <laughs> you don't know what she's doing or where she is. But he was just like, just sitting in his room the whole time. So I was a little bit upset with this guy when he, you know, shows up for this final scene here. I don't even remember what part he plays in the final scene, because what I remember- He hugs Zelda. Zelda. Gotcha. Or she runs up to him and they hug, yeah, and then they start talking, I think. I don't know, something like that. My favorite part of this scene is where uh, the little short one, uh, is that is that Strick? No, Colin's the short one. Okay, so Colin, there, a bunch of birds land, and he freaks out and is, like, squatting on the ground, and then they fly away, and he's like, <gasps> whoa, and then he, like, shows, like, Bruce, and Bruce is like, yeah, I, I know. He, like, bats it away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was I've been here, bro. <laughs> Chris is like, yeah, I know, it's cool, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get the um, you get that scene where where Zelda tells Link, you know, that she's she's always dreamed of the world on the surface, and that she doesn't think she wants to go back to Skyloft. She wants to stay down here and build a new world down here, uh, which is kind of like what Bruce wanted to do too, but uh, kind of just says. Hey, you know, will you will you do this with me, kind of thing? And of course, if you're Link, you're like, well, yeah, like that's you know, that's the future of this world. It's gonna be Hyrule, you know. But it's cool. Also, cool little nod. Just want to throw a cool little nod in there. Link is now playing, or longer, you know, whoever you named your character is now playing the harp for Zelda instead of the other way around, like the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah. At first, at first, she was the harp player, but then you've had it so long, you've learned so many new cool songs that she doesn't know. 
<laughs> you're not you're like, look player. at this, Zelda. The har- you're the heart now. <laughs> he took her germ. Yeah. She's happy about it, though. She's like, ah, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so then they live happily ever after, and that's the end of the game. And we get hero mode. Hero yeah, mode. Hero mode. I, I, I rejected it. It was like, hey, do you want to use the save file for hero mode? And I was like, oh, I don't want to erase my save. And so then I was like, no, if I ever want hero mode, I'll come back and beat Demise all over again. <laughs> Oh, see, I already have a save file from from uh, before in 2016 where I beat the game. So I I didn't do hero mode in that one. So I'm gonna I did hero mode in this one. I think I have a save from before that I started the game with. Like I started a hero mode. I mean, it must have been a hero mode, and then immediately stopped playing. Like just saved and quit because I have a save file that is named Ryan from way back when, but it has nothing. Like it doesn't have any of the songs. It doesn't have any items. It's just a sword and six hearts. And I'm like. I don't remember making that save file, so I have to go back and check and see if it's master mode. Do you guys know what changes are actually in hero mode? Is it like master mode where they like change up the dungeons and stuff? Uh, no, they don't change up the dungeon. It's it's just a difficulty level, basically. They make it so nothing drops hearts anymore, so whatever health you have is what you have, and you have to bring potions if you want extra health. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... Enemies deal two times the damage. Um, all your treasures and bugs will carry over, so don't worry. Like you don't have to recollect things. And I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that Skyward Sword charging is like instant. You can look that up. Oh yeah, I think um. Like, there's something that you could only do with the Master Sword once you've built it, and they just give it to you from the beginning. Yeah, one of those things would definitely be, like, the instant charge. Yeah, or even just, like, a more powerful version of it or something like that. That's interesting. So it sounds like it was partially artificially created and partially, like, new enough to be worth a run. Because I call artificial difficulty where there's enemies deal more damage, they have more health, you have less health, you deal less damage, numbers, we only change numbers. I like it when they actually change something else, at least one thing, like Master Mode that totally reworked all of the dungeons and changed the whole layout and all the rooms and everything. That was yeah, a good, stuff, yeah. that was a really good second like difficulty level slash new game plus. A lot of games, I think, mess it up and they uh, take the easy way out. You would you would like it's the pretty easy way out. second quest of the original Legend of Zelda. That's good. That's like game. a complete new game, yeah. New puzzles. Harder puzzle. It's too old. It it does feel like an arcade game when you play it, but we are scheduled to play it as one of our games for this show. So Well, I mean I'll play it for this, but I'm not I wouldn't play it just for my own amusement. It's too old. <laughs> Alright. Archaic. If you beat it once, you might change your opinion on that. Maybe. I'll give you a solid it's, maybe. It, it, it gets good towards the end, I'll say that. It starts out so frustrating. <laughs> and then it gets better and better until you beat it. Well, I've only known the frustrating part, so once you get an understanding of it and you get some more powerful stuff and some more hearts, it is quite annoying in the beginning of the game when you're running off of like just three, four hearts. But once you get like a full bar, you're you're good to go. The game's pretty easy. It's good. I would never say it gets easy in my opinion, but it is good. By the time you've completed Master Quest, the second quest, it gets pretty easy. All right, new dungeon. Let's go. <laughs> cool. So that's Skyward, that's Skyward Sword. Sword. Yeah, we're done. Season we two. did it. The beginning of the beginning. But yeah, are there any other like final thoughts that you kind of want to talk about now? That this game was absolutely not what I expected going into a Zelda game. 
Yeah. Yeah, let's hear your thoughts on that real quick. It was just a, a totally different experience. The um there were there were things that were good about it and there were things that were bad about it. Like I like the stamina system. I really liked the motion control like sword style, and I would not mind if they made another Zelda game using the Joy-Cons like in the same style as Skyward Sword. But then I also liked the more open level designs where you actually got the opportunity to explore, which some Zelda games do really well as well. But this one I feel like was on another level where you could just every area you got to, you could run around for an additional 15 minutes to a half hour just discovering new things in it. Yeah. And then there were the parts where because those areas were so large and explorative, uh, they kind of reuse them three times each throughout the entire game. Where I feel like, you know, definitely they could have had maybe five areas instead of three, and you go back to four of them again, and maybe one twice, and then that could be it. I feel like they, they reuse the same areas a lot, although they did do a decent job at, like, reinventing them a little bit when you went back and changing yeah. up how you went through them and stuff. I still feel like reusing the same areas is a little cheap, but it did work. Yeah, they set up different barriers that I think made it feel fresh and gave you different tasks that like forced you to play them a little differently each time you went. It's kind of how I feel about Back for Blood when I play that. How they use a lot of the same levels, but they make you go different ways during the levels, so it freshens it up. Yeah, like they wanted to make sure that you were familiar with it, but at the same time wanted to give you something new each time. They kind of stuck really hardcore to the ocarina of time formula for this game with the green the red and the blue they went they did not swear from this at all like at least twilight princess and wind waker had different somewhat formulas i mean this formula was you know green red blue well, green red blue they kind of switched the blue out for yellow but yeah yeah it was a really weird thing that they did there I, I mean you get what i'm saying though yeah it was yeah. heavily color well not focused but it was like if you wanted to read into it there was a lot to do with the colors and themes again in this one yeah it, it was interesting to me that the the wisdom place was yellow but then hylia's the tears of hylia in the last sacred realm were blue but the triforce of wisdom was still blue they saved the blue where it made sense but made it yellow for most of the time yeah it, yeah it was, they they slightly differentiated the Nehru's aspect from the Lanehru desert desert aspect. Where the, every time they referenced the desert, it was yellow. But the few times they referenced specifically the Triforce of Wisdom and Nehru, it was blue. Yeah, like the flame was blue. Like the blue was where it should have been most critically. Uh, the theory that I had heard was they wanted the yellow beacon to be contrast to the sky. And if it was a blue beacon, it would have looked weird. Um, so they just did a whole lot with yellow instead. The desert's also yellow. The desert was a sea at a point in time. So you can kind of look at it like that. But it's the game still suffered from it had Star Wars syndrome where they just literally copy and pasted just with different stuff. It was like you got to go through this to get your like beginning courage. Then you got to go through again for like the adult stuff. And then (laughs) this time they added a third time where you had to. Go back to the places to get some music and assemble the Triforce, which we didn't need to do in Arcane of Time. It was kind of more of the beginning parts of this, you know, what happened. But yeah, it was it was very much stick to the formula. This place, this place, this place. Then we go back to them. Then we go back. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It, it was like fine for the first two. And then at the Song of the Hero part, I was just like. Yeah. <sighs> most most people who are are like 
irked by the padding in the game. The Song of the Heroes is really where it comes to a head, and it's like, yeah, that that was just too much. Just just let me finish. Theron was all right because it was different, but Elden was so annoying. And and I think one of the hard things about it too, if they had given us a new dungeon, three more dungeons for the Song of the Hero. I would have felt completely different about it. I've been like, yeah, let's do it. The more game. How Absolutely. about how about just yeah, one slightly just... bigger dungeon with like four parts or three parts? Could have done that. Yeah, I mean, so- something like that. Something that was a new area, you know? I think that's the big and thing. And that's what makes Sky Keep so refreshing at the end of the game was because you just did these three parts over for the third time, and then you get to Sky Keep and you're like, <laughs> New? Yes, but once <laughs> you get far enough into Skykeep, you realize all the rooms in it are comprised of elements directly correlated, looking exactly like all the areas you've already been forced to go to over and over and over again throughout the game. Yeah. It does feel fresh, but when you finish it, you're like, that was still all stuff I've already seen, though, for the most part. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this game has always felt unique to me, kind of in the same way Wind Waker has felt unique. Um, I will say that I was more of a fan of the ways Wind Waker did it. Just, you know, having a, a great expanse to explore. I think the thing about Wind Waker is you might backtrack and you might be like, wow, I'm, I'm on the sea sailing way too much. But I actually enjoyed it because there were a lot of random encounters that felt meaningful in that game. And every island that you went to, even if you were backtracking to it, you still felt like you could discover new things on the sea as you went. Where, you know, in this game, it's like the bird's not going to show me anything new. Like, I'm just going to keep going across these same rocks floating in the sky to get to each place over and over again. And I think that that was a huge, just comparatively, like a like kind of a letdown. Because I expected that to be this game. Like, I thought I was going to find some random encounter in the sky or find some flying ship that I had to, like, board and do something with or whatever. And it just never happened, you know? It could have been more expansive, for sure. Yeah, and there could have been more NPC. Like, even let us just talk to the knights if we find them flying around, you know? Something to make it more alive out in the sky. Just didn't didn't hit. Yeah, I feel that. But overall, I really liked the game. I remember saying when we started this season that I felt like playing this game with people to talk to about it was going to change it for me. And I absolutely feel like that's true. I feel like this game, while it might not be my one of my top three Zelda games still, it's definitely not the bottom one, which is where it had been sitting. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's, a, really? it's a good Zelda game. Yeah. Like it, it was such a, like I said, it was such a rough experience the first time where, I mean, I've played phantom hourglass and i decided i would probably never play phantom hourglass again and i sold it so maybe that one's the bottom because this one i thought i would never play again but at least i kept it Um, Mm. but it was low Ah, this is one of my uppers probably like five or six honestly yeah it's it's moving up for me i don't even remember spear tricks (laughs) that game i just know the one guy i i vaguely remember building a train I never played Spirit Tracks. I played Phantom Hourglass only. Don't really remember that one too much either. That one, you had a boat, right? Yeah, you built a boat. Yeah. But it wasn't the King of Red Lions. It was some other random steamboat uh-huh. that could, you know, had a cannon. So that was good. But yeah. Yeah, I just remember the conductor guy in Spirit Tracks. Uh, that boss fight. I can't remember his name, though. Yellow guy. Uh-huh. Got a mustache. Hey. <laughs> I don't remember that game. Game suck. <coughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. 
All right, so we want to wrap it up then. Yeah. All right, so this this has been our uh, finale episode of Skyward Sword, our our final episode of season two with A for No, B for Yes. We appreciate you all listening. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the game. If you played along with us, even if you didn't, it's a good game. So yeah, hope you all have a good few weeks ahead. We will be releasing a bonus episode after this in between seasons, where you know we just talk about kind of our feelings with the games that we've played so far, what our experiences have been like with making this podcast. And for all of us, it's been kind of our first experience with that, kind of what we do and how, you know, a little bit more about who we are maybe. So <laughs> come check that out. Otherwise, uh, you can reach out to us on our on our social medias. We're still taking any kind of messages that you have. We haven't received any emails yet, <laughs> but uh, we hope to hear from you guys soon. Uh, yeah, this has been A for No, B for Yes, and we will see you next time. Be the best you can be. And Headmaster Gatepora Gatepora wants to know: Did you get all that? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-